You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Welcome to Warcraft Reloaded, a podcast brought to you by Mash Those Buttons, covering World of Warcraft Classic and its community. I am Bobby, also known as Blazin' Bob, and today we are joined by Mel, aka Melarina. How you doing? Oh, I'm good. Good, you're good. Well, we're sadly not not joined by Ryan. Ryan uh, came yourself. down. Ryan's not uh, not feeling very well, so. Uh, we we wish him a speedy re- recovery, and we're going to soldier on without him. But in his stead, we do have returning for a second week in a row, Ale. How you doing? Doing fantastic. Happy to be here. You might get to talk this time because there's only three of us. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm, that's a. We're just gonna have to wait and see on that one. But we're we're gonna try. We're gonna try. All right. So. Uh, this episode's going to be, you know, we're going to go through house housekeeping. Then we're going to talk some news. There's, you know, some new, some new patch notes. We're going to go over those and some changes that they've, that they've highlighted. And then we're just going to discuss the, the TBC raid testing that happened this, this last week. And we have a great guest on to talk about it. I did a little bit of care testing, but ale has done it all. So it's going to be a great talk. So Without further ado, let's jump into it. So we did have three new reviews this week, which is amazing. And it's going to be a little weird for people. Four? Yeah. You didn't put the Australian one in there. Oh, okay. All right. Well, it's going to be a little weird this week because Mel's going to read them. So Mel, why don't you take it away? Uh, It's going to be better this week because Mel's going <laughs> to read them. Okay. Well, we'll 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 be the judge of that. He does a pretty good job, you have to admit. Okay, we'll see. There is a for the alliance that I won't get good, but you know it's fine. It's okay. I can throw that bumper in because I haven't <laughs> recorded and saved. There we go. I have only one other to compare it to, so for <laughs> <laughs> the alliance. All right. So our first five star review is from Mitza Cheezel. I like it. He said, two months in, love the podcast, fam. I've been listening for a couple of months now, and I look forward to each new release. Thanks for all you guys do. Cheezle. P.S. My girlfriend pointed out that Bob sounds identical to Bob from Bob's Burgers. H. John Benjamin, the best. That's the second review that states that. And it's funny because... I was told before when I was on on Watchpoint Radio that I sounded like the guy from Arthur. So when I looked up Bob's Big Burgers back when the review came in months ago, turns out it's the same guy. <laughs> I was wondering if it Could was be. just bias because your name was Bob, but apparently not. Yeah, you'll you'll have to check out the the live stream at twitch.tv slash mash those buttons if you want to see if I'm actually him. Yes. All right, the next one is from, hmm, 
Servores. Yep. That's how it's going to go. Awesome people making great content. As someone who is super passionate about classic, I really appreciate others who feel the same. So it's always a pleasure to hear how enthusiastic you guys are. Absolutely love the show and will continue to recommend it to anyone and everyone. Keep up the great work. Thank you. I think that's Savorhees. Okay. Right? This is why I don't get to read reviews usually. <laughs> okay. Next one we have is RKB123. Said relatable WoW Classic commentary. This is a great podcast that stays in the moment of the WoW Classic progression in a relatable manner. The host maintain a conversation going through the heads of semi-hardcore players like myself. The guests do provide nice insights about how to improve and prepare for the road ahead. Thank you and keep it up. Thank See, you. That's that's what you're here for, Ale. Provide them Very that nice. insight. Oh, I got <laughs> plenty. <laughs> All right. And the last one is from Australia. We figured out how to check those reviews. So this is from, from Dad Under. Falconic. Mm-hmm. And it says Great show. Awesome to see more high-quality podcasts, I believe, is what it said. <laughs> it gets cut off. I can't. I had to like mess with the settings to read the entire thing because it said it was too long. But his review says, awesome show! Exclamation point. Oh, there wasn't a For the Alliance one. See? I got this. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, thank you so much for the 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 reviews. We appreciate that trem- tremendously. All right, so should, I don't even know if we should do what we've been doing lately at WoW. I mean, like, because it's been just basically the beta, and we're going to talk about that later. I mean, I guess we've we've raided. I mean, we did another full clear next in 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 one night, which was nice, and. Uh, but besides that, I mean, we've the guild has stopped doing anything but necks as far as the guild is, you know, requires. But we did have a little fun alt ZG run that went off without a hitch that went really well. It was, it was a good time, but we'll get into what we've been really doing when we get into the TB stuff later. So that said, let's move into. <laughs> Time for the news. Okay, so this is a lot to un to to unpack. Basically, there's there's a whole bunch of changes that just came through in a in a blue post. So I'll start off. We can just go through each each one. Okay. So first off, uh, attunements will function as they did when originally released. So we're talking the big, long attunement quests. How, how do you guys feel about this? I like it. Personally, it's uh, it's something that adds additional progression to the start of the game, knowing that the, the first patch, we're just going to have those two quick raids in the 10-man raid. I think having this long quest chain, you know, sending people through dungeons and things, I think is, is great, and I'm really glad they're keeping it in. Yeah, well... I'm just really glad I have the Attune add-on because looking through that add-on, 
Man, I would have had to make a I would have had to made a spreadsheet to keep up with everything and then I would have forgot to check something off at some point and It's it's like a path of exile uh talent tree, right? It just goes off in every direction. I know, dude. And it's <laughs> and it's nuts, but the great thing about this this add-on is that you, if you have it with anybody else in your guild, it syncs up. It'll mm. give like, you know, you can turn it off, but it's kind of like Nova uh, world buffs where when you complete an, uh, an, an attunement, it says it in chat. I just know this because I finally got my lock attuned to Ani and it said it. And then my, my guild made fun of me. Like I just wrote it. They didn't realize it was the add on that wrote it. <laughs> They're like, yeah, imagine in phase six, you get a two Dotty. This, this oh sounds God. like an add on of the week. Yeah, it oh, was. Dude, it's, yeah, it we, yeah, was. it was. It's, I mean, if, if you don't have it, you should get it. Cause the, I'm the sorry. guild can, like, you could just look and see where everybody's at in the path that has the, the add on. It's, it's super sweet. I'm sold. I'm getting it. <laughs> You didn't require it from here on out. Right. So what was the the attunement process, though? Is it just getting reputation or is there, I think you said there's a long quest line as well. And when did they change it? Because it says when it was originally released. Did they change it at some point? I, I'm not sure which patch it, it was changed, but starting out, for example, with Karazhan, uh, you have to go do a few pre-quests near Karazhan. And then you have to run uh, a bunch of dungeons, so Shadow Labs, Architraz, uh, Steam Vaults, for, exa for example. You do those, then you have to do a Black Morass, and then you're able to get your Karazhan key. So it's, it's a total of four dungeons, um, all on normal, so that isn't too bad for, for Karazhan specifically. Uh, I think Mag Theradon as well has its... I'm not actually sure. Uh, Bob, do you know what the, the attunement for that is? There might not be a attunement for that one, but Gruul has one. I don't actually know, but the attuned add-on will tell me. So I'm so I'm not super worried, but I do know about the Karazhan uh, tune, attunement. The one thing I'm worried about is that part that you have to do the es the escort quest inside the caverns of time, where the dude walks at a at a snail's pace, or maybe it's a girl that walks, but you follow <laughs> someone through that area, and on PvP servers, it's going to be a night a nightmare. Specifically, white main. Let's be real. Yeah, maybe not on. You're on. Wait, is it Scarum that you're on on the it horde? Is, yeah, yeah. It might not be bad there if they don't fix the faction imbalance. But for us, it's gonna be it's gonna be hell. But there's, I mean, there's a whole bunch of different things. Quest. I believe, I believe both of them do have. Like you guys can write it and tell us. Just chat. Just chat. No, maybe, but. There's like there's also well we're gonna get to that next though, but yeah like it's it's good that they're doing it. It's gonna keep engage engagement, and then later on they just drop it. And as long as one person is 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 attuned, they can open the door and everybody can zone in. But until that time, you can't zone in until you have the attune the attunement. So that's the change that came later. Got it. And and the attunements they all kind of stack on each other too. So for example. Uh, to do uh, tier five, you actually need to kill Gruul as well as kill Nightbane and Karazhan and combine an item from each to make the key to go into uh, Serpentrine Cavern. So the attunements in uh, TBC, they kind of like stack on each other in that way. So you know you have to get attuned for Kara if you want to do T5. And then I think in tier four, they remove all the attunements. So uh, if you don't plan to raid, if you plan to raid before then, 
you should work on your two mints pretty much right away after hitting 70. Wait, tier, you said tier four. You mean tier six, they remove the ball, right? Or is it tier five? Well, originally, I believe it was patch 2.4, which I think was like T6, right? Yeah, T6. Yeah, I think that's right. I'm not sure when they when they said they were removing at this point, just sometime later on. But uh, yeah, at least early on, you'll have to move all the way through the, the chains. Got it. So the next thing is the uh, the the original qu- uh, quest lines will be required to enter each inst- each instant and purchase. This is written weird. And purchasing heroic dungeon keys will require re- re- revered reputation. So later on in the in the patches, they change it to where you can get into heroics with just having honored, which you can basically get by just doing all the quests in that one zone. Uh, but revered is a little bit ho- like harder, and dungeons don't give you reputation after honored. You have to do the level seventy version of that that zone's dungeon to get to re revered. So they're they're keeping it as it originally was, which I think is really good. But I mean, what do you guys think? I agree. I mean, I think anything to get people to have to and want to play all the content I think is good because we know we're in a time of min maxers where if they don't have to do these dungeons or they don't have to do this quest line, they're not going to do it. They're just going to go straight to the raid and pump it out as quickly as possible. And I think this is a good balance to help them keep people motivated longer in the first phase of release. Yep, I agree. It's it's. I think it's really great early on, especially getting people in dungeons for people who've re-rolled. You know, they learn to play their class and and CC and do everything. Uh, the only thing that like is maybe a negative about it that I've heard from some people is that it's it's not very alt friendly. So if you want to have a second character in a rating, you have to do the whole chains again with them. And so like some people don't really like that. But uh, I mean, personally, I'm I'm fine with it as well because it you know it gets those alts. Basically, make sure that dungeons are always running a lot at the start as well. Like there'll always be groups going because people are going to be, you know, needing those to do raiding and and everything else just beyond farming gear, right? So, yeah, I guess it also makes the cap a little bit higher for alts to come, right? Because you know we've all been in that area where <laughs> the main has everything, so everybody just wants to bring their undergeared alts to the raid, and at least we know they would have had to do X, Y, and Z and kind of know how to play their character before they come into a raid. Well, here, let me put this to you from a different standpoint, because something I do see with this that's kind of a bummer is this, you know, this was a design flaw, in my opinion, in the original TBC, is that it, the way it's set up is, I wish it was still revered, but I wish that the regular the the regular dungeons would give you rep to revered because what this makes you want to do is it makes you want to grind the dungeons to honored then do the quests in that zone which the quest will continue to give you the the you know higher amount of rep making it much easier to get to revered if you do it that way and for people like us who really like to quest it kind of says, well, that's the wrong way to do it, you know. And, of course, you can play your game however you want, but it definitely incentivizes doing dungeons to Honored, then doing quests within that zone. What do you think of that? I think it's going to incentivize 
min-maxing. So whatever, and it's not incentivizing it. It's just the player population that we're, we have right now, right? I think anything you can say, this is going to result in this, which is not what it was originally designed for. And I don't think it's their goal now. But I think at some point, we just have to accept that people are going to try to find the quickest way and the best and most efficient way to get to the end game. So whether you have dungeons that give you to revered or you have to do quests, I think it's one or the other and people are going to do whatever's most efficient. Yeah, it's, it's kind of it's kind of backwards to how you'd like, I think, want your player base to be to actually be out in the world first especially because there's a lot of quests that lead into those dungeons. Uh, I have heard a lot about this as well, that people are going to run the dungeons first and do the quests after. So yeah, I do agree with you, Bob. It's kind of kind of a flaw, I think, but I think it's just, it's just going to be there. So, Well, and maybe it's their way of like saving us on like high pop PVP servers where <laughs> they're like, okay, we won't make you do all the quests first. You can go to some of the dungeons and figure it out. And then as it kind of calms down in the world, you can go do your quests. If I had to guess their original intent, they just didn't even see see this coming. They just thought you'd do the dungeons one or two times while questing through the zone and then the problem is that lots of the not lots of but some of the level 70 you know dungeons in each zone are a complete like really a pain in the butt and so that's you'll you'll be forced to do that if you just do all the quests and don't do dungeons before to get to to honored whereas if you wait to do all the quests you'll be able to almost get revered Possibly without even having to run that level 70 version of the dungeon. And then you can just save that for heroics later. You know, it's just the path of least resistance. Couldn't they change it so that you could only get honored with quests and then to get additional rep, you had to do dungeons? So, like, you couldn't get any rep in dungeons until you were honored? Like... Right? Wouldn't that make it so that or you, you could just do have either. to do the quest first? Well, well I if mean, you could do either, people they... will just farm the qu- the dungeons. I mean, that's the people who who want to that enjoy that type of thing. But I think if you if you were to make it to where you could do either to honored or either to revered, people would get to level up as they want to. That's just that's all I'm saying. Maybe I want a quest, and I know I'm going to have to dungeon grind. And that's kind so, of that's it's kind of yeah. a bummer, right? It's kind of a bummer, yeah. I think even if I could get to revered in a dungeon, I'd still have to dungeon grind so that I could get to revered quicker and get into the raid quicker. <laughs> like that's what I'm saying. I don't think there's a perfect world. I think we have put that pressure on ourselves. I don't think that's Blizzard. If you want to do quests, you can do quests. <laughs> like Yeah, it just makes your it just makes your road a little bit harder later, and it also the way you get money for quests after level 70, that also incentivizes waiting and doing the quests like after you get a f- a, a flying mount because how easy are the quests once you have a, f- a, f- a flying mount? I mean, it's just like, you know, so if you already have the capital to get an epic one, then you're just going to fly through quests like nobody's you know, business. And that, so, That's I a good know. point. Yeah, flying mounts like make questing so much faster. You just rip. Yeah. Yep, I went and bought mine on the level seventy beta. Copied the character over a couple of times, and then I just flew. I just flew 
all of out of Outland for like three hours one night. It was, it was glorious. God, I have a newfound respect for people who do quests without Questy. Because at the beginning of the beta, we didn't have Questy because there was no add-ons. I cannot tell you how long it took me to figure out and how inefficient it was. Right? I'd like go over here. And then I'd come back and I'd turn it in. And then I realized I have another quest over here. And then I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, what I did when I was questing without you is I literally brought out a note, a notepad, went through every quest, writing down the, the, the direction that it was, and then put them in the right spots so that they were clumped in the right areas. It was pretty efficient, but it took me a good amount of time each like you know group of quests so it was doable but just not as if not as efficient for sure <laughs> yeah I, I had like a mini panic attack because i've actually never never leveled as horde in the outlands before so I'd, go, I'd get a quest and i'm like oh i remember doing this and i'm like wait this it was the alliance version so it was like slightly different right and so like i would, I would do the thing and then like i'll go back to town but oh no it turns out i had to turn in something here on the way or just like <laughs> i'm just like oh man it was just brutal like i just had no it idea was. I, and I'm like, bit. how do I know where I have to turn this in? I can't even see a question mark until I get close enough and I'm just running around. <laughs> like, Lots so bad. Yeah, I know. Bit. You can't expect us to read, people. Come <laughs> on. All right. So, yeah. So then they go on to say that the uh, the the attunement requirements will will relax as the game pro- progresses through, con- through content. So, you know, entering Karazhan will initially require the attune the attunement later on it won't but you'll still need someone to open the gate with the keys and later on dungeons will only require an honored reputation so that will be alt friendly at that point so that is kind of nice and that's how it how it played out in the original tbc and i think that's all we really want right i don't think okay me personally am not going to be like hardcore on my alt until we're pretty comfortable in Karazhan, I think. But I know there are other people that like to play multiple characters, so I guess I shouldn't speak that way. And then the, the, the next change is similar to how it was originally, because originally, like, just all the content through Tier 5, I believe, was just open. You just had to complete the, attune, the attunement processes. So the next change is you will be able to complete a attunement processes prior to that raid coming out. So mm-hmm. that'll be good for people that have time con- constraints. Like, you know, if they're a casual, it's just going to work on one, one character. They could still be working on black, you know, black temple, uh, to attunement during tier four. So they can get that checked off and then not have to, to to worry about it later, which I think is really good, but I wanted to get you guys' thoughts too. Yeah, that that's really important because the way that it worked originally in TBC is that you, like I said, you'd kill. Uh, for example, for Black Temple attunement, you'd have to kill both Vash and Kalthas, uh, and they didn't drop the quest item for every player. They only dropped two to begin with, right? So it took basically twelve raids or three months to get everybody in your raid attuned. They later changed that, so it dropped more, I think like four to six. And then I think even later on, yeah, for everybody. So uh, the fact that they would have that beforehand is really good because then people will be able to go in there in the first week. 
Otherwise, uh, you know, you wouldn't be able to do that, right? And if if it dropped and then everybody would have to farm the raid for three months before getting into Black Temple, that's just like that's not that shouldn't work that way, basically. Yeah. And it'd be all it'd be all it'd be a lot of stress, everything. Like so I think that I think that's definitely a good change. It'll be weird to see how it all plays out, you know, but um, you know, I'm just I'm just excited that they're that they are tiering the con the content because I think it'd be even more stress stressful on casuals if it was just like it was in TBC when it came out. They were just like, "Here you go, see how fast you you can go," you know. Yeah, they're they're kind of breaking it up for the community, which I think, like for me, I like it. It's good. There isn't going to be too much. Uh, as a fan, though, I kind of wish there was more because then you could watch that race would be really interesting. It's all the guilds race for it, but knowing that my guild wants to do a lot of that content as well right at the beginning, the fact that like we can't go into T5 right away is good because then we don't have to like mm-hmm. kill ourselves playing so much at the start to get everybody attuned right away, right? Yeah. yeah. I think it equals the playing field a little bit for people that maybe don't have as much time as other people that they can still be in guilds that are very competitive, you know? Well, and I think it's just really neat the way this is starting out so alt-friendly because there's a lot to do in TBC, even if you don't do do an alt. Like, Arena is freaking fun. BGs are actually, the way I remember, a lot, a lot more fun, but people are probably min-max. We could have a whole discussion about having, you know, a separate queue for pre-maids and really think that should happen, but... Like it, I mean, it could be a really good time, and I think there's going to be a lot of stuff to do. There's a lot of extra, even, like even if you quest all the way to level seventy, there's still a ton of quests you could like you could still do. Like if you complete, there's still two, two and a half, maybe even three zones worth of quests you could do after that. I mean, the quest count in TBC is astronomical, and really cool and so there's just a lot to do and i want to do it with multiple characters and if it was open if everything was open right at the start there was there's just be no way that that would be possible for me all right so it says original health and damage v- uh, values will be used uh this is for dun- for dungeons and raids these as well as some as well as some mechanical changes They'll be adjusting in future phases, so it sounds like they're gonna like nerf content as we go on. So raids should get harder in the older tiers. Is that what you guys are reading here too? Easier, you mean, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, thank you. That's pretty much exactly it. And in the raid testing that I did this week, that I think we're going to talk more about later. For example, the bosses did have their original HP values. So, so for example, Gruel. He had his he had two HP nerfs originally in TBC. So he had his full HP. Uh Mag actually had twice as much HP as he was supposed to have. They did fix that in our testing, but it was the original value uh once they got it fixed. And it's a lot. I didn't get to do that, but I watched a a a bunch of them. So the next one people were asking a lot about because they had all they had already said uh, world buffs were going to be purged upon entering uh, a uh, a ins a instance whether it be dungeon or uh, or um, raid. So they said buffs ac- acquired from creatures 
and quests across out out outland so like zone buffs and all of that will be purged upon entering any in instance so we could strike we could strike that off like you're not going to be able to get the weird stuff and zone in you're not going to be able to you know uh enslave one of those demons and give the buff with a warlock you're not going to be able to get any of that that that's a really good change because there were some sneaky ones there in outland that uh people were already theorycrafting about there's like an there was a 300 spell power buff from botanica that would make absolute crazy Come for casters on. 30 minute cooldown and like we just don't want to have that in the game because if that be would become the meta just be awful and with how often you're going to wipe in tbc compared to vanilla having to go back and get those if if people were going to do that would just be abysmal so this is really glad they clarified this because they didn't mention those other buffs in the original announcement so the fact that they cleared that up is perfect yeah i'm super excited because having to go get world buffs or other buffs again <laughs> every week would have killed me everybody's just so excited to be able to just go play that's what they want to do we just want right. to go play we want to go we want to go play and die and have not a, <laughs> a worry in the world right right yeah, and not would it ruin my mad. night that exactly. i died and nobody else did and now what am i doing and you know like you know you're not as effective as everybody else and it just sucks like yeah it's so. the worst like died with world buffs like halfway through you're like welp I was doing really good. Now it's time to just be a a Sunderbot, you know, <laughs> like I just like I'll make sure everything's Sundered for you guys, you know, <laughs> like it was horrible. Yeah, I got I died with world buffs in a, a couple weeks ago in our first raid to stupid trash at the beginning. Then we rebuffed before Gothic in on Gothic one of the death knights charges me and crits me like three times in a row and I die and I'm like, great. That was fun. I had world buffs for an entirety of three minutes this week. <laughs> Ouch. It's yeah, it's always a bummer. I'm glad these are gone. Good riddance. Sayonara. Thanks for coming. Goodbye. So the next one's a little weird. So just to let everybody know. So, Warlocks in TBC, not at the beginning, but in later patches, could summon into dungeons. Like, they could summon someone from outside into a dungeon. But they didn't have that at the start. So it looks like the, the devs have decided that uh, ritual of summoning will not work inside of in instances and nether storm. Now, the nether storm one's new. What's nether storm? Sorry, I'm really bad. It's a it's a place you need a you need a flying mount to get to. Oh, so they're just saying you can't summon somebody up there if they don't have a flying mount. Yeah, it's 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 one of the later areas. It'd be like the equivalent of a winter spring or a uh, west or eastern plague uh, plague lands in classic WoW. It'd be like so the high level forcing area. you to get a flying mount is basically what that is. Yeah. Yep. Okay, question though. Has anybody else been in the beta and the summoning stones don't work? Yeah, they they ha they haven't been working. Uh on the new uh raid realm, they were working. So I think they're probably going to have that fixed going forward. 
And the interesting thing actually about this patch note is it makes those kind of more valuable. And for like your guys' server, for example, which is very, you know, war, <laughs> putting the war in Warcraft yes. on White Main, uh, there's going to be huge battles with the summoning stones. Like that is going to be a hotly contested area on PvP servers. So like it's kind of, if you're able to summon into dungeons, like, good point. you'd be able to skip all that, right? You'd be able to get people in there for free. You wouldn't have to risk zoning out and dying a bunch of stuff. So we'll see. So I've been on some servers where there's been a bit of an armistice at the port, at the summoning stones sometimes, uh, you know, because people just want to get their people in and go out. But like, I imagine that's going to be a hot, hot, hot gank spot. I guarantee you the horde will own it. We'll just be so screwed. <laughs> You're not making me excited here, Ale. I'm sorry. Oh, man, oh, man. <laughs> well, yeah, and ev- like every time I tried to use it, I didn't try to use it on the level 70 realm, but I wonder now that you say that, that's level 70. Have you tried it since hitting level 70 on the other realm cuz what it all what it tells me every time is you don't meet the level requirement for this. I wonder if this is something they're going to save for level 70. I don't think so. I, I'm pretty sure it's a bug. It still doesn't work at 70, so uh, yeah. I think it's something they just need to get fixed. And if they're going to make not let you use the summoning stones until 70, then what's the point, right? You're not going to go back and do whatever the 61 dungeon is at 70. Yep. Well, the good thing is, uh, Bob, you are playing a warlock in, in TBC, right? Yes, yes, yes. So you, you'll be able to just pop out of the portal and summon people just in front of the portal, as long as it's not in Netherstorm, right? So, like, you know, you you can get around that if you have a warlock, but otherwise, uh, yeah, it's uh, free going to be a free for all. Yeah, that I mean that that'd be kind of cool. I I hadn't really thought about that part of it, but yeah, those are going to be highly contested. It's been the weirdest thing for me because we have been working up on the PVE realm. And it's just so weird to have a horde standing next to me and not be nervous at all. You know, they're just right there. It's like, eh, whatever. It's very strange. Yeah, I, I, I do think it's a really good thing that you can't summon to Nether Storm. Uh, it'd be a, like a, a a hot spot to summon people so that they could skip getting their mount for a time. You know, everybody's going to want it eventually, but it'd be a way for them to skip it. It'd be a way to bring friends there to own the territory whether you be horde or alliance and there's something else i was going to talk about on it but i can't think of what it was it's uh i have have another point to add like for for rating for example it's going to make it a little bit trickier as well because i think for teams who don't have as much flexibility and they're going to want people to respect during a raid so say you're, you're doing an end boss and you need more dps and you only need one tank you're going to want your tanks maybe to go out and respect the DPS, for example, or like less heals or something. It's going to make that more interesting as well, because now you can't just summon them back. They can't just hearth, respect, and get summoned back right away. You're going to have to send a crew out to, you know, help them get back. And maybe even the whole raid if it's going to be, you know, Ragnarok out there. So, I mean, but that could be fun. Without without world buffs, I would have, I would have taken part in so much more, t- like, pvp prior to raiding like i'd probably be that guy that'd be like bob come on dude because sorry sorry i mean you are that guy always (laughs) (laughs) for different reasons though for different reasons true true yeah i i I think i think it could be fun but it will be a bit of a nuisance too i think if depending on how much you have to do that right 
for sure. Yeah, you make a point I hadn't thought of because in classic, you know, your tanks are warriors and they're pretty much a budget fury warrior if they you know change out some gear like you know they're they're definitely missing stuff but they've got a lot of what what fury warriors have you know they're basically pretty close to the, the same in the in the in the in the fury tree they're just missing the the stuff from arms so they can still do some pretty good dps with the right gear on different fights that you don't need them i guess i hadn't thought about that what are they going to do when you just don't need them. Yeah, people were saying that it actually makes uh, feral druids better because they can go from tank to kitty, no problem, right? Their their specs are very very similar, so uh, it might add a little bit extra value for having a feral tank in your raid because you know they're able to swap between the two specs. Well, without maybe just swapping off some gear and you're ready to go, right? So yeah, that is crazy. Let's be honest, though, if the meta becomes half like these 10 people have to respec for X, Y, and Z bosses. Like that's going to be a bummer as well. <laughs> yeah. It, it probably won't be that bad. It just that, like I said, this is just where I, I see it potentially on like end bosses where like maybe you're struggling and you want to get a little extra edge to try to push you over. You might want to do that. Uh, otherwise I think at least with what we've seen so far, I don't think it would be necessary. Yeah, I think you're more hardcore than us, too. <laughs> Maybe. That effort level there to respec and then resummon outside the ends is really high for our <laughs> Well, yeah. but I mean, at the same time, 50 gold in TBC is a lot different than 50 gold in Classic. It's going to be like, that's why I've kind of like given, you know, not really worried about dual, like dual spec now because. Like, you know, if dual spec was in, it would really only uh, help out the deep, the DPS classes that can't go anything else to be help to be to to be helpful for the raid because tanks would have a separate spec that was PVE and uh, and healers would have two separate, uh, you know, they'd have DPS and healing and they'd swap those. Whereas the people that gain from 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 dual specs would be your rogues, you know, your warlocks. Like these are the ones that aren't going to be pressured in most in, in many guilds to have two PVE specs. Whereas casuals would be pressuring you, and it's just kind of you know, I'd always thought of it from the perspective of the rogue because that's what I was. So they never asked me to have two PVE specs. I just had one pvp and one pve and it was great in wrath you know but for other people we didn't it wasn't know what we same. were doing <laughs> i don't know why you say that <laughs> like in, i'm just in saying wrath, we, didn't we know, knew what we were doing we didn't know to the extent that we would know today because the game is much older and there's been a lot more time to evaluate <laughs> more efficient ways to do things right true, that true. wasn't the goal when we were playing originally like right now there's a very different focus than there was before you're you know, honed in on this, like, how can we do this quickly and most efficient and effectively? And that's just the name of the game now. Yeah. There's a lot more emphasis on quick, right? Right. And it makes it kind of exciting and different, right? Because that's definitely not what anybody was doing in vanilla. Yeah, they might have tried to do things quickly, but quickly in those days was, you know, multiple days, not 45 minutes. 
Like, yeah, it was a very different culture change for me starting and just being like, what do you mean I can't stand up? Like, usually, every like we talk for a little bit before we do the next part of the raid. Like, this point, I stand up and go do something. Like, but everybody's like, next, 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 next. And I'm just like, whoa, whoa, okay. It was a very right. big change, but did you feel yeah. like you're riding in a convertible? Just like well, your just, hands going like, <laughs> like whoa, you know. I'm just sitting there like, oh, I need to go to the bathroom, but I can't. Oh, you know, it's just, it's just I mean, it's it's a it's a very different ex, ex experience from before because there'd be a lot of talking before each attempt because you know, and it it, it was just a lot. It was just a lot slower. Every, like everything was because. Like like Mel said, so many people, so so many people just didn't understand what what was going on. So the raid leader was like walking them through step by step because you know they could give a video prior, but you know we don't want to get into that. Yeah, I guess it's also different though in my eyes because they're not forty man raids anymore, right? Forty man raids are difficult to keep everybody happy and do things that maybe take time, like respect or do something like that. I think that's more difficult than potentially 25 or 10 man, you know? Yeah, that, that kind of makes sense. There's a, with this, like the 15 extra people, there's a lot more moving parts, at least already for us doing uh, the raids on the, you know, on the TBC beta, it's felt a lot more easier to organize. Like, you know, in, in the classic raids, you'll have like, you know, for example, for Horsemen, you have like eight tanks, maybe at, at some point, right? And then right. you have, you know, 10, 12 healers, and they're all like, you know, just coordinating that is a lot. And, you know, that's like almost halved in, in you know, TBC, right? So it's it's definitely, uh, it, it feels good. It's There's something magical about the 40-man raids for sure, but from an there organizational is. level, 25-man is, is a good spot. Yeah, you 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 talk about four horse and it's so different. Like Wrath, the 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 twenty five man version, you need two tanks. Like the back two, don't don't re require a, a a like a like an actual tank. They're just they 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 stay there, and then the two tanks actually bring the bosses to the center, swap, and then take them back to to the corners. And it's such a different game than having eight takes like we had to all all of us dps warriors had to learn and some still don't know how to sunder and keep that stack going some still don't know how to 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 disarm some still don't know how to uh, blow uh what's the debuff with the little green guy demoralizing shout Demo shout. And those are just like the few things you need to keep up. And then shield block. Like we've looked at the logs. You wouldn't believe like it's just bloodthirst, bloodthirst, heroic strike, bloodthirst, bloodthirst, heroic strike. It's just like, it's so funny. But yeah, it's definitely been a learning curve because people didn't sign up for that. They signed up to DPS and a DPS player has a much different mind mindset than a tank in my opinion. But all right. Well, we talked about that for a bit, so let's let's move on to. So, okay, this was something you and and I saw when we went to Kara 
uh, Karazhan. We talked about it in your stream a bit too, uh, right before you came on the episode last last week. But I was curious if badges of justice would be dropping from the bosses in Kara. And initially in TBC, they did not. It was a catch-up mechanic that they added later. And so I was scared that they were going to drop in Kara because that would hurt the, you know, running heroics meta. And I really want to do those. It sounds like a lot of fun and something that five people can do. But it looks like in the testing, they were they were dropping. It was one from the first boss, then two from each after, right? Yeah, they didn't they say in the announcement that they're not going to have that? Yes, yes, yes. Right. I was just kind of setting it up because we thought they were because we saw it in the 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 testing, but they have come out and clarif and and clarified that they will not be dropping initially from the Karazhan uh, raid, but they are going to put the badge of justice dailies in at the very beginning and i believe those were not in at the very beginning of tbc so that's kind of cool to have the dailies and you know the developers notice like we want to have you know daily gameplay and, and you know encouraging and it's you know it's what led retail to the daily grind of you must do your job but i think the amount of like i think it's good when it's not too much like dailies at least yeah i like it personally it um not having the badges in karazhan and raid encounters at the start definitely gives extra value to those badges and heroics which are going to get people in there and heroics are they can be pretty challenging at the start especially and with what we've seen from kara it, it wasn't overly challenging so not having those free badges in at the start i think is going to make that gear have more value right so uh, i think i think i also like the change of putting the dailies in i think people running dungeons is good same thing as I said before, dungeons, five-man dungeons are a huge part of T TBC, like more so, much more so than they were in Classic. And to, to get people running them, keep people running them on a day-to-day -day basis, I think I think it's good. And it's optional. I mean, it's a great reward. If you do it every every day, that's an extra 14 badges, right? So it just kind of incentivizes players to keep running dungeons, get their keys, and, you know, get that sweet badge loot. Yeah. And, I mean, it's good... Like I think Karazhan dropping up later on is 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 good because there is like I don't think I don't think a lot of people know this, but I've been just re like researching a ton of TBC because I you know I like you didn't do a lot of it a lot of the PVE the first time, but apparently a better badge gear comes out later that you can spend you know those on and it's like a a catch up mechanic for like i believe tier six so i mean that will keep kara relevant later on too which will kind of be neat and be neat for alts too absolutely it's really good in that regards because the uh with sunwell comes that additional badge vendor now the gear on it does cost quite a bit it is more than the original ones uh but it is equivalent to like tier five ish quality and maybe some even a little better so that's really good with the removal of two minutes at that point, it, it makes it so people who need to catch up can can run those to get the gear. And also for your alts, if you want to kind of gear them up to bring them in, or maybe you need to sub in someone to replace someone who's quit or you know lo lost in your guild, it helps it helps them catch up. So I I'm okay with it. I like it. I think it's a good. Or maybe also 
something that people might not think about is in our guild, I don't know about yours, probably not Onslaught, but in our guild, we had many people re-roll come a AQ time, you know, and they decided mm. to re, re-roll to something else. And especially with, you know, from what I hear, tier six can be really good for melee. And, you know, melee actually might not be as bad as everybody said it is because we've been seeing a lot of testing going on and it might not be as bad as everybody thinks. But I guess it gets really good in tier six. So be a good catch up mechanic for someone to change roles because sometimes people just get tired of their main and they want to switch mid expansion. And without that catch up mechanic and you know, Karazhan and stuff dropping badges later, it would be a lot harder. Absolutely. It's funny you mentioned the, the Onslaught alt policy. Their alt policy was basically you play your alt as a main or you don't play your alt at all, right? So you can have two mains, but they have to be the same standard. And that's as far as gameplay, you know, enchants, everything. And if, if you didn't have it up to that standard, then you couldn't play it. So a lot of people just didn't play it. And that was actually really interesting that you mentioned that a lot of people re-rolled in AQ. I, I didn't I didn't realize that would happen. Like how many people in your guild did that, would you say? Oh, let's see here. Let's see here. I'm, I'm name name. Like Skeet re re-rolled. We had uh we had a warrior or a shadow priest re-roll to a warrior. We had our guild leader re-roll from a hunter to a mage. We had like five or six i mean honestly I, we don't need to go through each one but it wasn't that many it was just like five or six and Handful. i think it was just a good time that we didn't need well because we were just pounded through bwl and there yeah. was a lot of extra like warriors it was hilarious because the 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 warriors that did re-roll it was a little upsetting because i'm sitting there going well shit you know, five weeks after he re he re-rolled, he got all the gear cheap, and he's more geared than I am now. And I'm just like, hmm. But you know, it I mean, it was good for them because it it made them happy. And they might not they might have just quit if they didn't have that option, you know. So I think the re-rolling thing is a really good thing, especially for casual type guilds. For sure. Primal Nether, Nether Vortex. And world boss items from Doomwalker and Doomlord Kazakh will initially be bind on pickup as they were in the original Burning Cru Crusade and should be updated in a later phase. Now, I have no clue what this is talking about because isn't Doomlord Kazakh back in Blasted Lands? Like, is that, or am I like, or am I miss, like, am I missing the name wrong? He, well, he originally was, but he actually. Moved to Outland, and he's a world boss oh. in Outland now. So there's there's two new world bosses in Outland, similar to how like Kazak was before. He's just called like Doom Lord Kazak now, and he's in he's actually in Hellfire Peninsula, uh, up in the up in the mountains north of uh, Thralmar. So uh, yeah, originally it was BOP. They changed it later on to be BOE once the gear wasn't like that good for people to use, so you could kill the boss and like sell it or whatever. And so now it's BOP from the start, and it'll be BOE later. Uh, I'm not really sure how I feel about that. I guess it's it's okay. Otherwise, like people would probably like, I don't know, sell it. I guess, but I mean, people are still going to try to sell it. I think. Yeah. See, we. I mean, you on onslaught probably killed a lot of world bosses. 
Mel and I killed world bosses at original vanilla. We didn't have a chance at at world bosses on white on white man. The Horde and Alliance, certain guilds. I think your guild, Risen, might have actually been on in on that whole group, but they like worked it out between each other and like there was no chance for Varg Varg Flaka to ever kill a world boss. Yeah, I, ma- I imagine it'll be kind of the same here. It's the the really orga- hyper organized guilds are going to have people watching them as long as the loot is good enough for them to want to kill them, right? And then after that, it won't be so. Um, yeah, I, I guess I guess it's good, a good change maybe, but it makes it. Mm, well, I don't know actually. It means you like as an average player and like in your guild, you won't ever have a chance of getting any of that loot unless you're actually there. So. For the casual player, maybe like it's an avenue for upgrades that you just won't have the option to, right? Yeah, dude. I just remember looking at that mace and just being like, "Man, that mace from uh oh, what's his name?" Kazak, Imperian Demolisher. None for you. Yeah, that uh, improved haste by like what twenty percent, or it improved attack speed by like twenty percent for a certain amount of time chance on hit. I just looked at that and was like, "Man, if I could have that." Oh, be amazing! But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't think I'm ever going to get a chance at at these. I think that uh, it doesn't really matter for me, but it matters for other people, I guess. And also, you have to think about just how much gold the guilds would get that don't that do that are part of that coalition. Like how much gold they would get from selling that that gear. I think that would be right. the thing about it. You know, staying by not pickup. The, the primal nether and the nether vortex change is, is big as well. And I was actually discussing it with someone else and we like disagreed about it. And I said, I think it's good that it's BOP at the start because if it's not BOP, then people are going to be rolling on it who don't need it just to sell it. Right. And their, their yeah, argument definitely. was is that it's better because there'll be an open market for it so that you could buy it without having to do the dungeons. And I'm like, well, I think that's worse. I think people should have to run the dungeons to do it. And they're just like, well, It'll be cheaper because there'll be a free market. I'm like, well, I don't want to pay for it. I want to play for it, right? So, I gotcha, I gotcha. Well, let me ask you this question: Was this friend a PvPer? Do they enjoy PvP more? Because PvPers would love it to be B- BOE because mm-hmm. then they right. wouldn't have to get in raids or dungeons. They could just buy their their stuff for you know making their different weapons and 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 so forth. Well, I, I plan to do a lot of PvP, and, and I'd rather just like tank the dungeon and, and get get my stuff. So, uh, well, but they might I mean, that that's because we're tanks. Me too. I would rather because I'm gonna put that shit on reserve. So you know, like yeah, same. But but like a rogue might really want you know a rogue PvP or, or you know like there might be other classes that really would love it to be BOE. Whereas us, I mean, we're going to be able to reserve. So it's kind of like take privilege there. Yeah. So I might be biased. I, I don't know if he PVP at all. <laughs> he was Australian. So. Well, I, I definitely think it's good to have it that, that way at the start. If you want to change it later for a catch up mechanic, cool. Um, so then also, you know, on that same note, primal nether and, Nether Nether Vort, Vortex will become available from the Badge of Justice vendor in later phases, but not in the beginning. Now, this would be another way for PvPers to cheese getting them just by running heroics. 
Yep. And I'm fine with that too. Later on, like as the gear kind of, it, it isn't current tier, they can, they can pick that up, right? So just kind of another catch up mechanic they had originally. I'm fine with that. I'm going to get my stuff right away when it's at its maximum strength. And, you know, so I'm, I'm not really affected by it. See, I, I almost feel like this one they could have changed and had the badges of justice vendor sell them just for a higher badge count just to kind of help out those people that are the PVPers because there's going to be a lot of them. I don't think people realize how many people are going to be PVP-centric because that's the way it was in TBC. There were people like you and me who just never messed with PVE at all. Mel and Mel too, you know, it was just all PVP. It was what I had wanted from the original World of Warcraft when it came out. And then I was like, what do you mean I got to run a 40-man dungeon to be any good at PVP? What the hell is that, you know? I was pretty pissed when I came to that realization because I was like, this is Warcraft. Not kill dragon craft. This is Warcraft. And so, but I, I mean, I think. Sometimes in War, Bob, you have to kill dragons. Okay. If the dragon's on like, the other side. <laughs> you think any of the dragons we've killed have been on our side? Well, but they haven't been on the horde side either. Fair point. Yes, it's a it's something that we can unite on, right? Where everybody hates this faction. But that that was the only one that I thought maybe you could make. Definitely don't want them I don't want a BOE. But if you could make it to where they could spend more badges earlier on just to get those, I wouldn't be completely, especially since the tanks like you and I are going to dominate those. That might be a fair point. So maybe if you're like a Fury War and an Arms Warrior, there's already been a little bit of this happening where people have been hinting towards a meta where they're like, they don't want to have, you know, warriors or rogues, you know, they kind of poo-poo on the melee for TBC and if those if those people are going to struggle to get into groups, this would be something good. But personally, I'm advocating against that. I, I think that uh, melee will be good. Melee competent melee will be fine in, in TBC. But um, yeah, you, I, I do see your point, and I, I think it's a good one. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's still play. You know what I mean? Like that's where I'm. That's where I'm okay with it. But don't want it to be too cheap. But. Outland faction vendors will initially sell the items that they originally sold and their their stock will will update as content un unlocks. So an example would be the the uh, Swift Skyfire Diamond Gem res recipe from the consortium and the mysterious ammo from Karazhan and the PVP gear from all from all factions. What do you guys think about this? I, I think it's good. Um, basically, the PvP gear in from the start would change, would really change the first arena season. I know there's a lot of people who want that in because starting out, no one's going to have resilience and it's going to be very bursty. There's definitely going to be a lot of complaints about how you know people are getting too shot and there's too much of this happening. Having that gear in earlier would allow it to be less bursty, but I kind of like early on having it a different meta where... You know, it, it isn't super grindy where it is, you know, much different than it plays out later on. I, I think that has some charm to it, at least at the beginning. So uh, I like the, the gear not being there. Uh, as for like the patterns and stuff, I kind of fall back to that's how it was originally. And, and I'm okay with that. The meta gem, it isn't that great. So I don't think many people are going to be using it anyways. Uh, so, so be it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I think where I sit with this is I think it's really cool to have stuff that come later in different phases, like an example of classic, like the Titanic leggings. That was so exciting when that was coming out. And it was a world drop. You're waiting for the first person to get it. The first person that gets it is getting like three to 500 gold per craft, you know, and it's it's just exciting for the whole server. I remember logging on and asking in 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 a guild, has anybody heard of anybody getting it? You know, and I'm just you want to be the first to get it. The people that waited were the smarter ones that paid a lot less. But either way, it was an exciting thing that came later in the game rather than just everything coming out. But those people that PvP that are upset with you, just remind them that they're at least not going to have to deal with resil with resilience not affecting dots. So because that Good wasn't point. the original TBC. It was only uh, against things that crit and warlocks and shadow priests and dot classes just dominated, even if you did have resilience. But it'll be cool for doing those BGs at the start, though. It will be cool doing that. I, oh, sorry, about go. Yeah, I agree. I just think, I don't know. I hope that Blizzard, they're delaying a lot of things, right? Like, they're trying to give us things in pieces and not all at once. And I, I think, in theory, this is great. What I want to make sure is that they understand that the rate at which people are going to go through content in different areas will be much quicker than it was in the original TBC. And they need to release stuff quickly. Or else you'll have these lulls of very annoyed people that want to get to the next level, right? I, I think it's fine that they're holding all this back, but I don't want them to hold it all back for too long. Where we have that period of time in Classic where we were all grinding BWL for the 18,000th time and nobody was wanting to play. Everybody was raid logging and just annoyed at life, right? I think there's a there's a sweet spot there that they need to get to, right? Where it's not too fast that some more casual people can still enjoy the game, but it's not too slow that you're going to lose all your people that enjoy playing the game all the time because there's no reason to play the game anymore. Let me throw this at you. So, two okay, so one item that they didn't do this with and one item that they did. So, the onslaught girdle was not an an item when when you know vanilla re released. It was something that was released later, you know, to entice you to go to to molten core and do older con uh, con content. Same with the bone reaver's edge sword, the two handed sword from Rag. Now these are like the on the onslaught girdle. I'm still wearing in Nax Phase Six. It was the best item in the game right off the bat. Now, the Titanic leggings would have been the best item until you got to Nax. And if the Titanic leggings came out prior to, like, came out phase one, I mean, you just get that item and it'd just be your item for the rest of time, you know? So I don't think having these bigger items in, in vendors is going to be a good thing or healthy because you're just going to complete the game quicker than you need to. 
No, and I agree with that. I, I don't think that this in itself is a bad change. I just want to make sure that they're, I don't know, catering their phases towards the population that we are now as opposed to the population we were. And we've seen it a little bit. I mean, the classic phases went quicker than they had in vanilla, but a lot of us would say not quick enough. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts, Ail? Uh Yeah, I mean, I think your server was a bit different as well. Like, uh, AQ took longer to came, come out because the, the gates weren't open right away. Is that what happened? Oh yeah, AQ, I mean AQ. Oh. Yes, we it took we were the biggest server, but I mean we didn't open it last by any means. But it was two weeks later that we thought it was going to be open. We thought it was going to be open day one, and instead it, it was could two have weeks been later. open day one. Well, I mean that's actually maybe we should clear up that rumor right on the podcast because Yip did say that it was Risen who did that, but. Ale is in Risen on White on on White Man, and I was in his chat. And one of the members you know, called me out when I said that. I said, "Well, I should have stated that's what I heard." So, do you want to actually tell what happened, Ale? Do, do you remember more specifically? I, I remember there was some misinformation. They said they heard that other people had some mats, and then they didn't end up having them. And then, like Risen did have a bunch. We had heard that Risen was just going to take care of it for us. Like, and we didn't have to worry about it at all. And then supposedly Risen just didn't. Well, no, we had heard that Risen said, no, we want a couple more people to get. That's what we heard after, supposedly. This is all from, from, from Yip. Mel and I didn't hear this, but he heard that prior Risen said they were going to open the gates day one and then rolled back and said, no, we want to get more mounts. Ooh, I'm trying to remember what my friend said in the chat that day because um, it, it was it was it was something like they were they thought somebody else was going to contribute a large portion of mats one of the the Chinese guilds and then they didn't so that it worked out that there wasn't enough to actually open it they actually didn't do it at all so they didn't have those mats they had turned in a bunch uh, they were counting on some other people to turn in mats they didn't do it and then you know it ended up being short. So it wasn't just so you guys could get more mounts? As far as I know, no. I, I don't even think they got that many mounts, to be honest. Um, I, can, I can double check on that, but as far as I know, they only, ha they only have, I think, two. So, Well, if, if anybody in Risen wants to write out the story and send it to wcrpodcast at gmail.com, we will clear the record up once and for all here on Warcraft Reloaded. So please send us the story. We would love to hear it because it's just an it's just it's just a neat story. You know, there's neat story. The next one is huge. It's what I asked for way back on episode, I believe, 24. Uh, uh, Willie was on. We talked about some changes and changes we would love to see. Ring enchants and jewel crafting specific gems. Now have a profession requirement to to benefit from them. So if you have your rings enchanted and you drop enchanting, that goes gray. It no longer works. It's like a slot bonus that you didn't hit. And I think this is amazing. What do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, they had to do this or else the min-max community that we are now would 
work up enchanting every time you got a new ring. And that's just not the way to play the game. Yeah, I think the really the really hardcore min-maxers are upset by this because they want to be able to have every advantage they can get, right? So if they're going to do this and other people won't, that'll give them a small advantage. They want to be able to use that. Uh, personally, I wasn't going to do it. It's it's too much. It's too excessive. Like, I don't care. Like, if I'm enchanting, I'll have them. If I'm not, then I'm not going to do it. And uh, right. I, I think it's good. It would kind of like, if you, they had it in, it would kind of like... It would motivate like kind of unhealthy like profession gameplays like that, right? Where it's just like, yeah, that that just sounds awful to do. But right, I guess on the other hand, do you guys think that this makes enchanting or jewel crafting a necessary skill for people that maybe it shouldn't be? Right? Like, I get that you get something from it, and it's helpful. But do you think there will be guilds now that will require people to be enchanting or jewel crafting so that they have these things? Not unless they've changed drums. Drums will still be the re- the the requirement. Like you might, if drums was changed a little bit, you might have some wiggle room. But if drums stays the way that they've changed it to, I don't think so. But what do you think, Hale? That's tough to say. Uh, definitely drums people are going to be required to have. As for like the rings and stuff, I, I don't know. I think the really, I think the really tryhard people will have that. Um, you know, like for example, like Sal Deli and stuff, like he's going to do that because he wants to be maximum power. Like that's how he evens the playing field is that he has everything he can get, right? But is he going to do it on his mage though? Because he's going to want to have drums and, and, uh, and, tailoring at least at the start you know like to have the 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 gear in tier four yeah it i think that's actually good that you can't have it all right so he's gonna have to pick and at least early on i think tailoring is much better so uh he's gonna have to live without those ring enchants right and that's the same with everybody else and yeah that's how it should be you shouldn't be able to have it all that's yeah i agree that's the good thing about it right is that there are multiple professions that have good things and you have to choose. You can't just work overtime and get both. I I just wish the drums were a little more in line with pers with per, with personal gain rather than group gain because your 12 spell power on each ring isn't doing anything for your group, you know what I mean? So that's what pushes drums over jewel crafting and and enchanting, in my opinion. Yeah, we're still not sure what they're going to do with those completely, though. Mm-hmm. So Maybe. I hold out hope. Well, I hope, I I hope you're right. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't have hope. Now, uh, does anybody have anything else to add? To add to that at the end, I'm just happy about it because I did not want to have to work up enchanting and... And, and and jewel crafting constantly. Same. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Although, you know, on the on the other side, it might have helped people sell low level mats quite often because people the min maxers were doing it. So, you know, you could look at it from that side. Yeah, people were saying that there might have been some people already had built up a bunch of those mats while they were cheap in classic. And like those are the people who are gonna be like the most affected by this right now. Yeah, I mean that that is a good call, but 
I'm sorry. I'm I'm excited about it. I'm sorry for you guys that did do that. All right. So the next one is kind of a big one, and a lot of people are pretty pissed. So uh, uh, there there were a lot of weapons in the start of TBC that were main hand only, and they changed to one hand towards the very end of TBC. So everybody was kind of expecting them to be to be one hand going into TBC, like. Uh, for instance, what's what's the mace that everybody wants? Drake fist hammer. Yeah, and so they could rock two of those in you know, in you know phase four, phase like you could up you could upgrade the weapon of for a lot for listeners that don't know these weapons in, in blacksmithing like have multiple levels like they they power up like Goku and so. Having two of them is huge, <laughs> you know, but like now it's going to be you could only have one. And there's a lot of people that were making their choices on what you know class they were going to play in enhanced shabbies, rogues, and stuff like that. And now that's no longer going to be a thing. And there's a lot of offhands they could have used that are also main hands, so it really kind of makes the offhand pool a lot smaller. What do you guys think about this? I was really pissed about it because I had literally just crafted the second one on the beta an hour before they fixed it or they changed it. And I had spent two days farming the mats because it is pretty significant. You need like 20 primal fire, 20 primal earth. And like I'm doing this and I'm already thinking like, I'm an idiot. This is going away and I don't know when. Why am I doing this? This is the dumbest thing ever. I made my first one like two weeks ago as soon as I could. And the second one, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to do it because it's going to be a lot of work. And like the whole time I just... You know, I have these doubts in my mind and I, I literally make it, the servers go down an hour later. I didn't even get to do a dungeon with it. Oh, no. I log back on and it's just, it's in my bag and I'm like, what the hell? So like after, like I was kind of butthurt God. Uh, for a bit and there was actually another streamer, uh, Oro. He was so mad he deleted both of them. That was just about to his <laughs> his clip is in the the Wowhead article that'll be linked in the show notes, and he didn't even say anything. He didn't rage. He just closed closed down the web browser, stared at the camera for a second, pulled it out, delete, pulled the other one over, delete, logged out, and then like ended. Like it was he was so bad, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot of farming. I mean, I. Yeah, I get it. But at the same time, I think we have to appreciate the fact that that is a very min-max move that they were not originally intended to be. Yeah, it right? was brought in as a catch-up mechanic later on so that people could catch up and have two of them, you know, and have multiple options at both offhand and mainhand. Right. when the new gear was way better and you needed something different. So I get that, but I, I do think that them not having it in helps make a lot of other gear relevant. Yeah. Not a lot, but other often. And, and I agree. Know? After after I had kind of like finished my hissy fit about this, I realized that this is <laughs> probably actually a good change because we we actually had discussed this earlier in the guild for like early on. Uh a lot of the weapons from 
you know, Malkazar and stuff, like people aren't going to want to like get them, right? Literally everybody in our guild who could be a right. blacksmith, all the melee, we're going to be a back blacksmith, right? So we're saying like, oh, like who's going to get the cool like two-hander and stuff? Like no one's going to want that. They're all going to have the blacksmithing weapons. Well, now because of this change already, some people are reconsidering like, well, do I really need to be blacksmithing just for one weapon? Maybe I'll just end up doing something else. So I think it does kind of add a lot more interesting choices to melee because right now, before this, you would just you just make both and you'd be done, right? And now it's now right. you actually have like I I don't know what offhand I'm going to get right now. Even still, like I have to go do some research. So it's from that point point of view, I am kind of interested in it. It also makes the raid items, you know, have more value. Where it was kind of the same right. thing before. So like I think like Kelthas has a really nice one hand weapon and things like that, or like spike blade or things that you know it's going to make it so people are going to want those items. Or before, like it was kind of like well. That stuff people aren't gonna isn't gonna re- aren't gonna really want it, so it's kind of kind of sad. But now it's now it makes it so that there's actually more value in in finding your offhands for those melee classes, and yeah, I, I think it's a good change. Yeah. A lot of people are really upset by it because they just want to, you know, craft their bits and be done. But uh, yeah, don't we all? Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, I could I could see what you know. There is a lot of main hands that you know, our main hands. And so I could, I could see it does like kind of like weaken the pool of offhand weapons, you know? So. Yeah. But it also, how often do you just hate seeing things disenchanted and rate? You're like, we got all the way here. We put in all the work and we got three items that are crap, you know? And I feel like you would just have that more often if this was, if you're going to change them all to just one hands and not main hand versus offhand, then you're just making sure that people are pissed off every time one of these X items drops, <laughs> you know? There's, there's also one thing to be said about how cool it looks to have two, like two weapons that look the same. <laughs> I remember in, what was the second raid in Wrath of the Lich King? Olduar? Olduar. I got the two... Uh, golden gladiator-looking blades on my rogue, and it looked so cool because they looked almost identical, and it was just like I felt like like Russell Crowe in the gladiator, and it's just you know there's something to be said about weapons that like go together good, you know. So the swords, right? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, so sweet. Cool. Yeah, I, I remember same thing when I played TPC originally I had a warrior and I, I crafted both of them. I remember one, it was like, it was like the daddy and the other one was the baby because I had upgraded one, but not the <laughs> other one. The one was like slightly bigger and more fiery than, than the second one. And so like that one was always in the main nice. hand, right? Yeah, it's, that's yeah, good. Of course. Well, the two handed people are still going to be happy with, with, with blacksmithing. So I, 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 I actually think it's a good change, but I get why people are mad, especially, you know, just, you know, if they made their choice on having those two weapons at the start, they were bound and determined to show melee was awesome, and now they're going to have a tougher time. But hey, you know, challenge is out so there, is. you know? Yep, yep. So uh, so the Epic and uh, Engineering Goggles will become available to traders with the Tier 5 phase. Now... People were wondering if these were going to come in. These are, you know, these these are really good. If they were in at the start, they would be best, you know, and it would be, you know, something where you might just think to work up enchanting because you hadn't got a good luck on a head drop. So 
What do you guys think of this? Like, it's basically coming at the same time it did in the original. Yeah, it's a. I think that's. It's coming in a little bit before actually, because I I think they originally came in with Black Temple, where they're coming in with SSC now, right? Well, is it Black Temple tier tier five, or am I crazy? Black Temple's tier six. Tier five is oh. uh, Serpent Shrine Cavern and uh, the Eye, right? The Tempest Keep. Okay, see, I oh, thought yeah, yeah. Sun Sunwell was was tier six, and that was it. Or the Am I well, saying it, that right? Is Sunwell the five man, or is that the raid? Sunwell is the raid. There is so tier six does drop from Sunwell as well, right? But uh, the first, the first five pieces drop in Black Temple, but they are like separate. Even though they drop the same tier loot, they are separate kind of like tiers of difficulty, if that makes sense. So, effectively, Sunwell for difficulty yeah. is like the fourth raid still drops some tier six. The other pieces are elevated over Black Temple. Right, but uh, the tier sets the same, so it's kind of they've never really done okay, anything like okay. that since I think. But it's it's yeah. So um, yeah, I I personally like it because I agree. If it was in early, I think everybody would go engineering because they're just strictly better than what's out there. But having it come in with tier five where they're closer in power, I think is good. It'll give people who don't have a good helm yet the option to to do that to pick those up. And then everybody else who does already have it, you know, it's not required. And for a warrior, I think it's actually, I'm probably going to stick with engineering now because I'm going to get one helm for my main spec. And then this is going to allow me to get a really good off spec helm, you know, for just the cost of the materials, right? Which would be kind of hard to get just in the raid normally because, you know, I'm going to be at the end of the line for it. I'm not going to have one by that point. So, right. I think. For me, they've kind of jumped around the issue of drums, right? It sounds like they're making sure that every other profession is not a requirement. You know, they did the things to the jewel crafting. They did this to engineering, where it's not like you're going to have to go engineering and spam that up. Enchanting, you have to be an enchanter. The only profession that they haven't completely fixed is drums and leatherworking. Right, like why? Yeah, drums are still great. They're just more of a pain in the ass until until right, so tier was it six that the is it tier five that the big the big drums come out. So this is either maybe yeah, but this is either one of two things, right? Where they are either one trying to make leatherworking less enticing because of these restrictions on other professions, right? So. You can't have jewel crafting or enchanting enchants if you're not that profession. So leather workings may be less enticing that way. Or they're just haven't figured out the exact thing that they want to do with leather working yet. So they haven't released that yet, which I'm hoping that's the case. But I, I think they don't I'm realize not. how like degenerate the community is with leather working because the first thing that anybody said when they did that was, great, now it's still mostly required and now it's really annoying to do, right? Yep, yep. Right. You made it worse. You actually just made it worse. <laughs> I will say the drum sound is really neat. I heard it for the first time the other day and it was actually really neat. Someone asked like, what's that sound? I was like, it's drums. It's like boom, 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 or something like that. Yeah, it sounds like drums. <laughs> 
Oh, that's a really good sound. But okay, so uh, Harris, Pilton, Zephyr. Can we just pause right there right, real fast? I just want to give a shout out to how funny this is. <laughs> what? I forgot about Harris Pilton and like the meme of Harris Pilton. Oh, wow. Really? Like, come on. I mean, I mean, she got she she got famous for legit reasons. I don't know why you would forget about her. I mean, she's just not forgettable, right? Oh my Legit, god! Huh? <laughs> oh man! I mean, whoever did that was you know they were cracking up when they put that in. They're like, do you remember the show <laughs> with Harris Pil or Paris Hilton? It's Paris yeah, Hilton. Do you, do you remember the show where she did it with her? Christina Ricci, and she went to Walmart for the first time, and she was like, this is the most glorious place on earth. I could get anything. <laughs> oh, my life, gosh. Right? I don't know if anybody remembers that show, but we're going to move on before. So, <laughs> Her so, so Harris Pilton, Zephyr, and the Cooking and Fishing Dailies will be available at the beginning as they do not directly or largely impact player power. I mean, they give money. I mean. They do affect that type of player power, and there's a whole lot of stuff you have to buy, especially if you're cloth initially. So I think they're wrong in saying it doesn't affect player power, but I'm kind of happy that they're in because I've worked up fishing on a bunch of you know characters. I don't think it affects player power in the way that it... I think it empowers players. I don't think it affects their power just because they have more money. I think that it's a good thing, and I think it's the only way that they are going to actually get to discourage bots, right? Like, if people can make their own money and make it easily, bots are less effective. Do people actually have fishing? Uh, I've worked it up on two characters now. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's such a pain in it, the butt. It's been a bitch, dude. It's been a major bitch. But you know, if you watch Netflix and you turn up your sound really high, and you stay in a space where you're not going to get any other sounds besides that, then it's not too shabby. I think it's the only thing I've never done in the game. I've tried to level it up. I've heard the benefits of how good it is. I've tried. I've tried. It's just I do it for like twenty minutes, and I just I just can't. It's just. It's like real life fishing, right? It's just not as exciting once you get there. You think you're gonna like be able to reel things in all the time, and all I, of a sudden I like real life there. fishing way more than than wild fishing. Wild fishing is dreadful. <laughs> well, see, I'm it's, not sure exactly, but it does get easier to work up either in TBC or Wrath because I first worked it up in Wrath, and it was super easy and definitely worth it to do the dailies. I don't remember if they made that change to TBC. So if they do, it'll be easier to get it worked up. But it is definitely like I've made a good amount of money on the two characters I've worked it up on. Yeah. Okay. There's there's a. I worked it up on. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, Ale. You know, you you go first. Mine. I'll I'll touch on something after. Okay. No, I worked it up on my character, and <laughs> I worked it up because I wanted to stop buying Nightfin snappers because they were so expensive. So I worked it up. And then literally the effort level to go out and fish nightfin snappers was way too high. So I just ended up buying them anyways. So there really was no reason for me to work it up. It has not saved me any money. Ouch. And I do not go out and fish. But hey, there's there's so. Mr. Pinchy in TBC, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. 
that I was just preparing. Yeah, so well, like yeah, fishing, fishing is great. Fishing challenge too. Yeah, f- fishing is great for farming primal water in TBC. So that a guy actually in the beta gave me a ton of those because he was just fishing. Just I don't know why, and he had so much primal water. He just gave them to <laughs> me, and he's like, "Yeah, it's just fantastic." In Nagrand, primal water you get like one like every ten minutes or something. So apparently, if you need waters, that's what you should do. And uh, like as for Harris Pilton. Right. I think it is a good gold sink because the bags, the reason that she's in there, she has the bags, right? She sells the really good 22 slot bags, 1200 gold, good gold sink. There's a lot of, you know, funny money floating around out there. Those bags are going to sell. Um, kind of funny, like, with just funny money. <laughs> it, just her, the whole thing of her being in is just kind of like, I can't wait till people like see her and be like, wait, who is this? Right? Like, you know what I mean? I know. You know, right? We all know who Harris Pilton is. You know there's people coming into TPC that are like, don't even realize this is a meme. Yeah. It's it's one funny. Of the, it's, yeah, one of the first memes, right? It's 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 one of like the first things that has like made me realize just like, damn, this is this, this game is that old, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, that's another thing. You know, the 22 slot bags does affect power, like the power to not have to leave as quickly when when farming is big, like bag slots are power. That's a power. That is quality of life. Okay. Like, if I have to say one more time, my bags are full and I have to figure out what I need to throw away, I'm going to lose my shit. Well, okay. So just a tip for anybody going into TBC, just remember. While you're doing quests, because if you like to quest like Mel and I, there's going to be a lot of things that you do need to sell. Mail them to your alt. It is so efficient, it's not even funny. Just mail them to your alt, keep questing, and yeah, that's my tip. But You're saying mail them to your alt like you don't have, if you're at a place where you can mail, you're at a place where you can sell. I just don't understand. Yeah, but... There's a ton of things you're going to want to sell on the auction house, not sell. Oh, yeah. okay. I just meant vendor. Like most of the stuff that I need to sell is just vendor well, stuff. Well, it's not though. It just fills up my bags. Yeah, with, you like, just don't know. There's little... a lot of the white items that are used for a lot of stuff. Like once we have our add-on that, you know, once we have TSM and it's telling us this goes on the auction house, you're going to be like, well, mm. I'm not going to vendor that. You know, you're going to. You're going to want to be able to send those to your alts so you don't have to keep going back and putting them on the auction house. It's it's an it's extremely efficient way to quest. Yeah, it's actually really cool is that all the meats in Outland turn into foods that are really useful. So that's something that's um, like more, more important because – I have cooking too. Perfect. There you go. And like – so like in classic, like there's only a couple foods that are really useful, right? Like there's the dumplings and uh, knife and soup, right? So there's there's like two, but in in TBC, like pretty much all of them are because uh, they spread it out in such a way that there's now spell power food, there's hit food, there's strength food, there's attack power food, uh, stamina, the whole the whole thing. So like that's a big one that people vendor that you should really hang on to is is the meats and stuff because those will sell and they, and they are pretty valuable. I will say there's been something freeing about being in beta where I can just like delete things. Super free. <laughs> yes. I'm just like, well, I'm going to sell that because I'm just selling moats. I don't care. Like, I'm just selling everything. Right. Whatever. I need those moats. Don't do it. 
No, well, I mean, I, I guess I could put them on the the uh, neutral auction house uh, for you. It's it's like when I upgraded away from Onslaught Girdle, I'm like, Matt, should I give this a funeral? Like, it's we've been together for so long, like it's it's toddler <laughs> age at this point, right? You know, like, yeah, that was me with my benediction staff. I was like, you're so bad now, but I've had you for so long. I just feel like is this how we say goodbye? We've only seen that belt drop twice. The one upgrade to on to onslaught we've only seen drop twice. And what's funny is the two people that got it didn't have onslaught because the people with onslaught are like, I'm not going to bid a bunch of DKP on just that slide upgrade, you know? Right. One thing to note, which I know this is off topic because I do that, but so we talked about a couple weeks ago that I was going to farm AV to get revered or exalted or whatever I needed to get the offhand in AV because I got the mace from KT. So I did that. And then the other mate or the other offhand dropped off of, gosh, I forget who it is. Not the best offhand, but the other offhand that was better than the AV one. What is it? Is not Tiger the Unclean, but right before that, Noth. That's the, the mind control. The lantern. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's from Noth. The right? Noth Mace, I think. Mm. Yeah. Or the Noth Offhand. And I, so I used the AV grinding mace for half a raid, and it was really sad because I hate AV and I didn't want to do it. Forge. To be fair, we only had to do like 3K worth of grinding, so it wasn't that bad. And it was. AV's back to like rush meta. So the horde and the alliance are just Usually. just seeing who could do it faster and you really don't have a lot of people turtling. So it was pretty easy to be honest. It was still kind of a bummer though, yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. So the last little piece here is Landro Longshot will not offer the WoW trading card game code redemptions. Now, this was back, for anybody that doesn't know, this, there was a trading card game for, for World of Warcraft that sometimes when you open packs, you can get different items. Like, you know, everybody knows about the, the Spectral Tiger mount, but there was a bunch of different things besides just that that went through Wrath, Went through TBC and Wrath, and I don't know if it went past that. I don't remember, but there was a lot of different things. Like, for instance, I had a card where I got this item that had 250 charges, and when I used it for 15 minutes, I every footstep that I would make would be green, uh, green fire coming off my footsteps as I ran. I mean, it was a real fun thing to do during raid just to you know, mess around with other people, but there's a bunch of different things. And so they're basically turning that off. They don't want people to use duplicate codes of cards that they had before and already used because they're on a new database. So it wouldn't know that they'd used it before it would give them the stuff. They also don't want people, they don't want to change it to where it syncs to where people have to choose between classic or, or or retail to do this. So they're just turning it off. Now, I don't know if you've heard this from me or not, Ale, but I've been asking for months to just make these things that you can get huge gold sinks where 
you can buy all these different things for gold in game. Like we're talking the spectral tiger about 100 K or something like that, you know, something astronomical. And then the other stuff, you know, smaller, but I guess they're going to do something with this later. They say they're going to repurpose it, but how do you feel about this? Uh, I feel like that's kind of ominous. I'm I'm concerned about how they're going to repurpose it later. Like, I don't know, but it's weird that they would kind of mention that because it's kind of like warming us up to something. Hopefully it, I mean, I think you have a great idea there. I haven't heard that before, but I think that would be amazing. It'd be a great gold sink. I would like it to be a lot. Uh, I would like them to clean up the gold, you know, the bots first before they do that. Otherwise that would be like a really good, like buying incentive. Right. So clean that up and then put in a gold sink, I think would be, is a fantastic idea. As for like them not allowing the old codes to go in, I think that's totally fine. Like, uh, I would like to see the mountains somehow, but just having people redeem codes either here or on retail, like that, that is kind of weird because there is the two places, right? Like, it does, it does seem kind of, kind of iffy, especially with the fact that this partnership was with Upper Deck, like a totally different company before with those cards. So, like, I don't know how that would work legally. Like, maybe that is an issue they're in right now as well. So, I, I'm okay with this That's now, a good point. but I am I am concerned later on down the road. Like, well, what are they going to add here? Hopefully, it isn't like you know, shop or something, but more towards your idea. I would prefer. Well, Yip had kind of a really cool idea to link games. I think he said it last week. Was it last week? He said that there was rumors. I don't know if it was his idea, but he said there was rumors, or maybe it was his idea. I don't remember. I don't want to misquote him, but. He said, "Like, why not, you know, have Hearth the 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 Hearthstone decks drop these cards, where you can get it in Hearth in in Hearthstone and then unlock it in Classic." That's pretty cool. I mean, it'd get the two games going together. They've done a lot of different cross things like that, but I do wonder now that you state that about legal reasons. I wonder if they just can't use. What if there's something contract contractually that those items are actually their, you know, intellectual properties owned by Upper Deck or something like that? Yeah, potentially. Yeah, that's an interesting thought I had not considered. But that's going to bring us to the end of that. There is one little piece of news before we are done with this. Actually, I don't even know if I should talk about. It. Basically, data mining is hinting at achieve. Achievements come in pre-patch in Wrath of the the Lich King, um, the pre-patch from TBC to Wrath, and it looks like they're starting to accumulate the data for previously unlocked achieve achievements now, which could point to they're just getting ready for Wrath, or could point to achievements coming in TBC. Listen, I feel like there's enough that they need to do with tbc that if they're getting ready for wrath already like we've already lost the game guys come on but (laughs) i think i don't know i think achievements would help because it gives some it gives people something else to work for yeah i've never gotten your opinion on this what do you think about uh, achievements not till wrath that's it i mean i don't even know that like I liked them, but at the same time, they brought on such toxic behavior with item score link achieve achievement. We've talked about it on the show before, but not with you. But 
It's just like, if you have to link the achievement, how do you ever get it done if the pugs are making you link achievement? Yeah, it definitely uh, affects gameplays in weird ways. I don't think they really ever intended. Uh, honestly, I'd like to, I want them to keep it out of TBC and classic because it just wasn't there to begin with, right? Like, could you imagine not being able to go to yeah. a dungeon because there's like a, oh, uh, link your Baron Rivendare achievement. And it's just like, well, like, this is strat. Like, do we like, <laughs> do we really need know? that? Yeah. Why? Yeah. If they're going to put stuff in that I don't like, the only way that I want it to be in is when it came in originally. Uh, achievements, like I, I wasn't really an achievement hunter, so it's not something I'm re- I really care about at all. Yeah. Uh, I just don't want it to affect people negatively, so just keep it out until it's supposed to be in. It's my my opinion. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there because I don't need that shit. Like, especially since they don't link. Like, I want to play a bunch of alts. Like, I don't want to be like, well. Should I play alts or should I go uncover the entire map with Blaze and Bob? <laughs> you know, like I just don't. Or get a fifty-eight boost where you uncover the entire map already. There's not much to to say about that. I I really don't want it either. Like it's, it it definitely changed the game up for me like quite a bit when it came out in Wrath. It was fun during the pre-patch, but it, looking back on it, it's kind of like you know I was excited about Dungeon Finder. You know, and then was like, "Do whoa, whoa, this ruined everything." So, you think you do? You know, and, and, and that was something that was correct. That was something that was correct for all of us because we thought Dungeon Fighter was going to be the best thing since sliced bread. We thought we did, but we didn't. We were wrong. That was the actual. Yeah, yeah, good, yeah, good point. All right, well, let's move on to. Bobby, we need to have a talk about this World of Warcraft classic. Do I look like I know what a WoW token is? So now let's talk about raid testing. So, dude, I uh, I don't have as much to say as Ale. I'm excited. This is going to be kind of like the Ale Corner because Ale got to clear it all multiple times on different ones. But we could talk about first off here our little experience. We got to raid with uh, Dune, uh, Dune Dane, uh, who's also going to be on the show next week. So tune in for that. And we got to raid with 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 Willie, with Josh from Countdown, and a bunch of other people. And it was a real chill, relaxed raid. Like we were just going into Kara, and we were all doing like different things we'd never done. Josh was. Was was about to lose his mind trying to set up his his buttons, and me me too. To be qu- quite honest, I was a little uh, was a little starstruck with everybody there. But you know, we had a good time. But you know, it was pretty easy to start out with. But then we got stuck on the three uh, spark. Uh, what's his name? Curator. Curator. So why don't I just give you the floor? Like, why don't you just tell us? You know, Kara. Yeah, like like we were actually doing like very well. Like our group, surprisingly, we had. I don't think we had, we even had any wipes. We had pally tanks, by the way, too, and Paladin th- tanks. they were not equipped to tank with the gear we were given. Just as a pre <laughs> prereq to that. Yeah, the gear was kind of interesting on on the beta. Some of the stuff wasn't really set up that well. I think 
uh, like tanks were missing some stuff at the beginning and healers like they didn't have actual any healing gear so uh we didn't really know what it was going to be like heading in and even without much organization we actually were able to kill every boss up until curator one shot right with only like really minimal just kind of like you know you stand here and well let's see how it goes right and so right. I, I, w- I was a little bit disappointed i was hoping that there would be a little bit more of a challenge to that uh it was a lot of fun though our group was awesome it was kind of like the all podcaster team it was it was pretty sweet <laughs> uh curator yeah, well, was I mean- ab- go ahead Oh, sorry. I was I was just going to point out that the we did. I don't think we wiped on a boss until night nightbane and cur, and curator. It was the trash that actually threw us through a loop on different occasions. Like the trash was really throwed us through a loop. But- that was that was the funniest thing is the trash actually seemed to hit harder on our tanks than the bosses did because we did lose tanks often. It seemed like because they were just getting absolutely pounded by the trash. So uh, the bosses like seemed a little bit easy, honestly. And I would have liked the first few ones, at least the fights to be a little bit longer because we did seem to kill them pretty quickly as well. And it wasn't really until we did one, one attempt on Nightbane, but because we were playing with so many EU players, we only had a, a certain amount of time before they had to go to sleep and we were going to go on to a, a different raid that we had scheduled. <laughs> and so we did one attempt on Nightbane and wiped. And then we did... I think two or three attempts on Curator, and it turns out Curator was actually bugged, uh, and they did fix it later, but he was spawning between one and three sparks per time, which was just seemed absolutely crazy. It took us really off guard, and we didn't have a we didn't really have a plan for it, and that was kind of exciting. I was hoping that we would be able to get more shots at it uh, later when we ended with our with our guild group. We were like, okay. Like we have like at like all really serious players. Let's see how it how it is this time, right? We we kind of know what to expect now. Let's let's see what we can do with it. But by that point, they had already fixed it, and we had basically we one shot it. So that was a little that was a little sad. We were kind of kind of hoping to get that that really tough tough uh, experience. So um, besides that, uh, I think we had uh, a a wipe on Nightbane. We had two or three wipes on Malchazar and one wipe on uh, Nether Spite. So I feel like that's probably those bosses are tuned better, I would say, because like you said, it was basically like our, our, a lot of our best players from classic or, you know, our, our top, our top team, you know, that luckily I think a couple of them actually just got in the beta that day. So we had a really solid group in there and we still had some wipes. So I think that, you know, that bodes well for those later encounters. There's the first few that I think could use maybe a little bit, but like, I don't know. They, when I discussed this with someone else before, they're like, they like how that there was that kind of scaling difficulty in Karazhan where first bosses, you know, they're easy and then the next one's a step up and then a step up and then a step up and it, it kind of escalates toward the end. So there is a nice cadence for, you know, maybe like, you know, smaller guilds or, or newer players or things like that. Where we were all extremely experienced, you know, top end raiders. Yeah, and see, for me, I got lucky because Nay uh, Nay Smith, you've heard him a couple times on on a Countdown to Classic, was in my chat telling me everything we needed to do. He actually knew what to do on Nightbane too. I was just a little too timid in the group that we had to like speak up because I was just like, eh, I'll just be quiet, just do my thing here. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, you should have. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I mean, that was just, yeah. Sorry. I I was just like, I'm happy to be in this group. I'm not going to be too vocal. I'm just going to do what I got to do. But one thing I noticed. Ailey, you should be happy about this situation <laughs> that happened. Let's be real. If you open the floodgates, you will regret it. <laughs> You'll Come have another. In. You'll have another Thunderlips on your hands right there. <laughs> uh, so uh, one thing I did notice though that I had rem- re- remembered because I did I did Kara in TBC, but it was like I didn't remember it at all. But I did go back and do the different achievements in Wrath because that's what you did in off time. A lot of times in Wrath was a cheap was was achievement hunt, but. I had forgotten how big that place is and how long of an actual raid it is. And that was actually surprising to me. Yeah, it's uh it's very big and long. Um yeah, no, like it, as for a dungeon, it's like absolutely beautiful and just working your way through it does take a significant amount of time, right? And the cool thing about it is like just kind of like the lore of the, of the dungeon and like the artwork and everything. And you really like, you feel like you're traversing up the tower. Right. And I think that's really cool. Like a lot of people consider it the best dungeon they've ever made. And uh, definitely earlier on, like in TBC, like later on, a lot of classes get a lot of movement speed, increasing abilities. And you know, when you're, you're farming that stuff later on, you can really go through it, rip through it quickly. But at least for us in TBC, it is kind of like a real like dungeon crawler experience. I will say it was kind of nice to, you know, kind of fun to be able to show Josh the the back door. You know, that was kind of a fun thing we got to do. Yeah, it's it it, it was pretty interesting that. Uh, what is this? There's a there's a hard to find back door that I had completely forgotten about, or maybe even I never knew about it. But I remember I thought Josh was joking around with Ale talking about the back door. I thought it was in like a funny in innuendo. And I think Josh did too, but then Ale was like, no, there's really a back door. And we're like, what? <laughs> yeah, like I, it totally, it totally whooshed me on that one because uh, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, we can go to the back door. And then Josh was kind of like, are you sure, buddy? You know, like, <laughs> and so. It's uh, <laughs> really what you want. <laughs> Josh, Josh got lost a lot more than me, but I just knew the right people to follow. Like I was just like I'm not I'm not losing them. And Josh was following the wrong people, I guess. It was getting lost a few different times. It it was it was a good old time though, man. That that was funny because yeah, there there are spots in there that just lead you to nowhere, actually, right? And if you go the wrong way, you can get lost. So I, I think it was after Nightbane in particular where he was in that like semicircle where he was going around and around, and he's just like, "Where are you guys?" <laughs> I think the funniest thing for me was when he we're following you and Josh is right behind you and you turned the corner. So I didn't see you disappear, but you disappeared in front of Josh. And Josh is like, did you take a, sh- a shortcut? And what it was <laughs> is a warlock had summoned him up, you know? And so Josh is looking for him everywhere for the shortcut. And so am I. And we're just like, what happened? And then I got summoned and I realized what happened. But uh, yeah, the, they 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 enjoyed playing the joke on, on Josh for a bit longer. <laughs> it was his first time, so he was a bit of a newbie in there. So we we kind of gave him the gave him the shot in the ribs a few times, you know, just to good. Yeah, and he and yeah, he and he took it well. He's always he's always a good time. Mm-hmm. I just had a complete blast doing it, and I thank you for the invite. But 
the last thing we're going to do on CARES, Anna, and then it's basically the floor is going to be yours, is do you think do you think CARES on is too easy? Because I think I might have a controversial opinion on this. So I want to give you a chance. Mel didn't run it, so I'll give you a chance to tell me what you think. Yeah, I, I do think it's too easy. Um, at least the first the first half. I would have liked to... I mean, not even that it's too easy. I just feel like a lot of the stuff happened before I could really have my fun almost. like I would have liked either the fights to be a little bit longer or more in line with the trash because that was, that was something about that just felt off to me that the trash, we had to be more kind of on for than the bosses. So like I would have liked there to be a little bit them to be at least a little bit closer or even a little bit longer, uh, like the boss fights. So, um, maybe controversial. I, I know pretty much everybody else has disagreed with me saying that Kara is supposed to be easy, but, uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, I do think it was a little weird that the trash was so different and it reminds me of North talking on count on countdown to classic about how he was talking about classic, about how the trash is really the bosses. And I had never really thought of it that way. And it kind of made me think, and it's actually made me try to perform better on trash, you know, in classic now, since I, since, since, since I heard that, cause I've always just thought of trash as trash. It's trash. Like the, the name is incorrect. It's, sh- you know, it should be something that doesn't signify trash. Like I think trash and I think I could go AFK, like it's trash, you know, and it was something, NPCs. yeah, yeah. It, it was something I had to kind of relearn and have, have been trying to change about myself recently, trying to actually, you know, do a good job during those times. Cause all I think about is boss, be top boss, be top. And I've kind of learned that that's really not what it's about, especially in the speed, you know, like speed running era. And so, but my thoughts on it is Kara supposedly was easy. I mean, it like I did run it in TBC and don't even remember it. Like it wasn't, you know, right when TBC launched, you know, but it wasn't that far after like after, and I don't even remember it. Like I just was there pushing uh, buttons as a, as a SLSL spec warlock, you know, and not just, okay, just get me through here. I just want to get, you know, something like, it, it, like it was just, it, it, I don't think it's supposed to be hard. Like, I don't and think. And did you full clear it? You know, I, I honestly don't re remember. I went a couple different times, but I, I don't even know who the last boss is now. So I don't even know if we full cleared, you know what I mean? Like it was such a different era with pugs, like pugs weren't mm-hmm. in discord. They were talking in chat, you know, and people start to hearth. And so I hearth, you know, and I just didn't really care to learn a lot about that back then. But what I do say is that I think the reason classic is so, was so pop uh popular in the beginning is because it catered to those, you know, those boomers who just want to do the stuff they never were able to do. And I feel like the start of an expansion, especially in classic should be easy. There should be hard things, but you should be able to do quite a bit of it with ease. And I think that's what makes the game popular. If you want really hardcore stuff, there's mythic rating in in retail and 2% of the pop, the, the population can do that. So I feel like it should start easy and then progress. Whereas my, my buddy corpse told me last night, he feels like Kara 
should be just a little bit harder than next. And I thought to myself, no fucking way. <laughs> Why not? Why not though? Because it's not a direct coral, like it's not a direct core, uh, core correlation. There was what 300,000 guilds that, uh, or 300,000 people. I don't know. Like there was, you know, a certain amount of people that cleared next, but there's a ton of people that quit in BWL, that quit in AQ, that quit at the start of, of next. Do you want to just leave them out? Do we want to just move on to the next game? And just leave all those people behind? Or do we want to let them come back and try their shot at it again and have a slow ramp up? That's my point. My point is, okay, I, it's supposed to be easy at the start. Easier. I get that to an extent. But you also have to remember that it's supposed to be easy at the start. And these people left mainly because they couldn't get 40 people to be on the same page. Right? And You're Kara's guessing not there. 40 people. You're guessing there. Okay, if you can't clear the content, it's because you can't have you can't get forty people to be on the same page. In my opinion, I think that that's just the reality of the situation. You have forty people that you need, well, thirty-two of them, ish, to realistically do their job correctly, and you'll be fine. But my problem is, is that we're in a new era of gaming, and yes. There's nostalgia and, oh, this is fun because I see it. But I don't want to be in Kara every week clearing it like we were MC and BWL. Like, I I feel like the people that are going to TBC have done a lot of the stuff. And, yes, there will be new people and people will come back and all of that. That's great. But your core player base wants a challenge, like at least a little bit. And I, I don't feel like you're going to keep them motivated by staggering all these releases and making them easy. Like, if you're going to stagger the releases, at least make it slightly difficult. That was the biggest excitement about Nax is that we didn't clear it all in one night. And I know you guys did, but we didn't, you know, and that was exciting that we couldn't clear every boss on the first time we but tried. But if that was Molten Core at the very start, would we have kept Plague? We would have thought, oh, man, this is, oh, we're going back to doing this, you know, like this long ass raid times. And I don't know if it would have been ex as exciting. Like it, the early on, it was exciting getting through and getting that that loot. And you're, you know, you're ramping up, you know, and I also say it would have been a lot but different. But we already ramped up? It would have been a lot different if world buffs weren't, weren't there. Like that's. That really trivial yeah. trivialized a lot of the early content. Like I'm just saying, Molten Core would have still been like pretty easy without world buffs, but it would have been better. I just I think that having it easier at the start just gives you a chance to get people back in, and maybe they make it to the end. Yeah, I'm okay with like with uh, Karazhan being easier. I'm not advocating it for it to be on a mythic level. I'm just thinking that like. Early on, the first few encounters, like they should be equivalent to like the trash that's near them. Because, like I said, we were like surprised, like we're, we're one shotting bosses and the trash was like murdering our tanks. And we're just like, holy hell, what's going on here? There, there seemed like there was something that was off. So was I would that like them just... to fix that cadence, but. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Was that just with our first group? Because I feel like our first group was kind of scuffed with the Pally tank. Like, I mean, there was no way he was uncrushable. There's. You know, there's no way he was hitting the hit cap. 
It, it happened. It, it did happen to us a couple times in the second group as well. We also were had a main pally tank. Oh, I thought you were taking the second one. I, I was, but I was off tanking. We were having the pally tank mainly on things. So I did get splatted a couple times and she did get splatted a couple times as well. Um, so like, I feel like there was something a little bit off there. Um, but that being said, uh, we did more raid testing than just Karazhan as well. And those other raids, they have teeth. Do they? See, they do. That's okay. So let's, let's move on to uh, Grohl's Lair and tell us about that because that's what I'm cool with. Like I, I, I want to have an easy raid for everybody. And Karazhan is the coolest, funnest raid to do like let the casuals have it but yeah move on to Grosler. tell us about that yeah everybody's going to be able to go into karazan and get a few bosses down and feel good at the very least right like and probably over time clear clear the whole thing uh gruels was harder than karazan definitely it was a step up um especially the first boss there's a lot of moving parts i i don't want to say like four horsemen but like there's six mini bosses, I think six bosses total, and you have to have a different person tank each one, and there's unconventional tanking. So you have a mage tanking one, you have a warlock uh, taking control of a pet tanking one, and then we had a boomkin tanking one because that one would sheep, and boomkins are immune to sheep, right? So, uh, and then of course- A boomkin? A boomkin. So that was pretty interesting. Then we had our two normal tanks, you know, our, our main tank tanking, the really hard-hitting boss. And then uh, our off tank tanking the next the next one right so uh, there's a lot of kind of coordination that goes on with that the pulls like super important because you need everybody to you know get a hold your your unconventional tanks to get a hold of the proper mobs and really interesting the mage has to have a, a unique gear setup uh, they need to have over 10k HP because they actually spell steal a buff to tank the mob that gives them reduced damage taken that they can survive that mob while tanking, right? So that's really cool. That's cool. It's it's a really cool fight, and I heard from a lot of people that that fight actually gave them more trouble than actual Gruel itself. I think they're 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 similar in difficulty. I feel like Gruel was still a wee bit undertuned, but at least for our group, we did a pickup group, uh, and we wiped I think three or four times getting the Malgar thing set up, and then we wiped I think another four or five times getting Gruel down. And I felt like that that felt pretty good because we did have about half the raid who were really solid players and half who I didn't really know who they were. And there was like, you know, some issues with, with people, but we're like, we didn't kick anybody for low damage or anything. We're like, hey, we're pugging it. We're doing it. We're just going to go, right? So yeah. it was, uh, that one felt felt pretty good. Uh, I feel like with Gruel, there might've been a few tuning issues they still have to make with it because they did say it was going to be pre-nerf and he wasn't using his shatter ability enough, seemingly. And when he did, the damage seemed like it was a lot less. I remember dying to that a lot more uh, the first time I did it. So um, that being said, like this is de was definitely a significant step up from Karazhan, probably on like the Nightbane level of difficulty at least. So you know, really good guilds are going to smash it out, I'm sure, with maybe a wipe tops. Uh, but I think I think for average guilds, like it'll take it'll definitely take a few tries. And I think that's that's good. Well, and I wonder because you know I'm going to do full dis disclosure again. Didn't play PVE in uh, in uh, TBC, but 
until this testing came out and I watched everybody doing the testing, I was under the impression that that, that Gruel's Lair was like an Onyxia type of encounter with one boss. And I thought that, that both Gruel's Lair and Mag, Magtheridon was the same thing, just one boss. And it was really neat to see that it's multiple encounters and an actual raid because I was completely wrong. And I wonder how many list listeners were in this, in the same boat. Cause I don't think I'm the only one that just didn't know. I think Yip cleared that up though for us a couple episodes, um, quite a few episodes ago where he clarified that there was one that was like Ani. And then another that was a full. He might have said that, and I just missed it. It's very possible. Like I I miss things a lot. I know. (laughs) Yeah. So that that one is like a little bit longer, um, and and because it offers two fights, I feel like the difficulty that Gruel should be a little bit harder than the first fight, and I think the first fight felt a little bit more challenging. I'm not sure. That might just be because we were a pug and we weren't all on Discord. So like there was some issues getting everybody coordination or on the same level for coordination. And that is a big part of that mm-hmm. fight because you do have, you know, six tanks or whatever it is. So uh, that was pretty interesting. There were quite a few groups I think did end up getting both bosses down uh, over time, but I don't think many people one shot it. Did many people go in though with people that they were coordinated with? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. There, there were teams who did that. Like, um, Okay. Those those there were teams that did one shot at both bosses for that. Um I know there was like a, a private server team that went in, there was an apes team that went in as well and did the same. And I think like you know, R- Risen or R- not Risen, Rise and Rain had teams as well that from when I watched they did mm-hmm. they did do it pretty easily. They're really like uh those are all like top top level teams. Hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean it was also a lot harder to get twenty five people, whereas Karazan you can get ten that you know yep, pretty easy. Current like right now in beta. Yeah. That's another thing to point out. I didn't realize how packed beta was until that level seventy server opened up and there was like a good what thousand, two thousand people in chat and easy crashing constantly. And that was just your layer. There was multiple of those layers. Cause like I, I, I had totally forgot about that and I got invited to a group and I layered and it was the same. And I'm like, holy crap, there's actually like another thousand on this layer. Like how many are there? Yeah. When you in, in invited me to the Karazan group, I was actually in, in Stormwind and they gave us, we didn't even mention this. They gave us the cool, no armor Panther, like everybody on Alliance and uh, the, the black Panther. And I'm sitting there and there's like 40 or 50 Panthers right there. And we're all checking the vendor. And then you, you layered me and I saw the design change. Cause there's so many people you can't tell, you know, but the design changed, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is a different layer!" And that was just stormwind. I was, it was nuts. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Um, so you never, you didn't get in to do rules at all. No, unfortunately, I had a lot to do this this week with my father. There, 
their house burnt down a little while ago, and we've been helping them. Or I've been helping them a lot with doing different things during the day to get things moved out in the garage so they can work on the house. So, you know, long story short, I just didn't have time, and I did try and set up a, a gruel's lair that night. And they had let Kara the night prior go on a lot longer, and so I just assumed they would do they would do gruel's lair the same. So I just jumped in, started a group. We had like 10 people until someone told me it was closed. And I just was so embarrassed. I was like, sorry, guys, it's closed. I didn't know. But everybody in the group didn't know either. So at the same time, but it just was like, it was a bummer because we had our two main tanks. We had Yip and we had Corpse. We would have been able to do some stuff in there. And it was just a bummer. And then wasn't able to get into Mag the next day. But why don't you tell us about Mag? Yeah, so Mag Mag is tough. I yeah. watched Def Camp in a group. I think Crix was it. I thought I heard his yep. voice, but they yep. were wiping multiple times. The raid leader was losing his mind because people couldn't <laughs> interrupt. And people couldn't interrupt probably because they didn't have add-ons. But it was hilarious watching the Def Camp was like, I gotta go. And I was just like, oh, that looked painful. But sorry, yep. go. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh I think from what I've heard, less than 10 teams actually killed Mike Theridan in the testing over the uh, six hours or whatever it was. And the teams that did were all mostly really highly coordinated. So the Def Camp team did. That was mainly of like private server pros. Uh, there were some other, like the Apes team did get it. There was a team that was led by like dogs, I guess. They did. They got it. I was with my old Onslaught guild. We ended up getting it as well. It took us 20 attempts over three hours to do it. And it, like I said, it, it takes a lot and it is going to be real progression for guilds, that fight for sure. Um, it's kind of exciting though. Yes, Absolutely. it's definitely. Yeah, like, that was it. my whole point with the Karazhan thing is I think Karazhan should be easy and these other two should be harder. That's just my thoughts on it. You it, On this one, you definitely it definitely walks the razor's edge because uh, on that fight, you need... You need your players to do what they're supposed to do. And if they don't, it's a really great quote one of our members said in the raid was that, you know, usually on other fights, you screw up and you die. On this fight, you screw up, everybody else dies. Kind of like uh, Thaddeus too, you know. Yeah. So that was really interesting because if you don't kick when you're supposed to, it's like an AOE shot a bolt for like three to 4,000, right? And that while that might not kill you, if, if you let two go off everybody's dead right and you need to have your warlocks curse of tongues in them so it's slow enough that you can actually kick it because they actually gain a stacking debuff that increases their cast as more of the them die so basically the fight works there's uh there's five mobs you kill first and then that unlocks the boss and those mobs do this aoe shadow bolt and they heal and so you have to kill all five and then the boss unlocks or two minutes basically whichever happens first right and uh doing that like that first part of the fight it took us like like i said like 10 or 12 wipes just to get that first part figured out and those guys also hit incredibly hard they were blowing up our tanks so your tanks are gonna have to be well geared we actually kind of figured out you know what we actually need to blow our healing cooldowns and like our heroism at the start because we actually need that power at the beginning of the fight which is kind of weird you'd think 
you save that later for the boss. But like, no, we need it for the first part of the fight because this is the really hard part and we're not even getting through it, right? And so like eventually we did, it was a lot of like progression, a lot of like even like little fine tuning things where like we were learning things as we go where, you know, we said, okay, like you two people kick this one, you two people kick that one. And then we had a couple attempts where both people kicked at the same time and then they cast the next ability and then we had no interrupt for it. And we're like, oh, okay, well, we can't do that. Someone has to go first, someone has to go second. And then maybe we need a backup right. just in case something goes wrong, right? So I wasn't on the beta, so I just, I'm trying to understand this. Or I wasn't on the raid beta. But when you clone your character to 70, are you still in your same gear that you have at 60? No, they had presets for you. Bad presets. Okay, okay so they're bad presets. So how much do you think that affected? being able to do the content it definitely did a bit but i kind of disagree that they were that bad i know for hunters they were really good warlocks, warlocks they were really too. good mages were solid i'll just say that mechanic the gear doesn't matter yeah and i know for, for right, feral druids the entire thing i mean we go ahead yeah the feral druid gear was is really bad they were getting totally blasted so we actually had to swap away from using a feral because they were just the ads were just killing them, and it was there's nothing they could do, so we had to switch to two warriors and a pally tank. So that was definitely an issue. The healing the healing power isn't wasn't as good, but I, I believe it was close to what it's going to be for the first few times when people go in. And the reason I believe this is they gave you exalted with every outland faction, so you could go and buy all the epic gear for for that, right? So. For most people, that was weapons, mm -hmm. shields, that kind of thing. People aren't going to have that off the start. You also had unlimited potions, right? Unlimited food, unlimited DPS potions, uh, flasks, unlimited drums. Everybody was leatherworking, right? So those are like, that does give you an advantage. That's so discouraging that they did that. <laughs> I, I believe it's going to be closer than people think. People thought that the gear was like, no, it's crap. Like, you know, it's not our prebis. It's awful. And like, you know, for some classes like warrior tanks, like, yeah, it wasn't great. Warrior DPS, no, it wasn't that good. I heard Rogue said they was decent, although they didn't have really good weapon options. But like, I think it's going to be close to what it would be in the first couple of weeks. Like, I believe that was a good okay. enough test for what it was. And I think it's going to be tough. That's kind of what I was getting at, right? Like, do you feel like that was actually a test or do you feel like it was just undergeared people going into them? For the like I said, for the first couple of weeks, I think it's going to be really close because they did give us exalted with all the factions, and we had just infinite consumables, and everybody was min maxed out the wazoo, and we also everybody had ring enchants, which you didn't have to be enchanting for. So there was definitely like the power is a lot closer than people are saying. People were complaining because you know, oh warrior tanks, they only have a leather belt, like that's BS, right? But another thing to consider as well is that people also had gear from Karazhan on the tunes if they ran them before. So the group I was running with, they actually, um, there was people who had set pieces in, you know, Prince weapons and things like that. So like, I feel like it was decent. The gear was decent. I think it was a good yeah. test. And then after our Karazhan run, I wish I would have done it prior, but I went and got the, I went and got all the reps because you could just learn them instantly. And I went and got a bunch of hit gear and different gear up. Up 
upgrades. And then instead of doing just the gem color slots, I did everything hit. I almost got to hit cap, which I wish I had done that prior would have probably helped out a lot. Cause I was at like half hit cap or whatever, when I was in that Karazad with you guys, but yeah. what I wanted to go the, back to real quick. Oh, sorry. Go. Yeah. Is it another question about the boss? Because I, there's one more thing I wanted to touch on that for that real quick. Well, it's a question about the, the interrupts about the interrupts. It's something that I notice in classic, like say on Kel'Thuzad, when you're doing, when you're up to inter, when you're up to interrupt, you have the 400 millisecond batch. That means when you're coming up to interrupt, do not do anything on the GCD. So for instance, warrior, you just heroic strike until you have to interrupt. Because if you do the GCD, the amount of time of the cast, you most likely won't get the kickoff if you've just done a a a a bloodthirst. And this could be different without the batching window, but it's something so many melee just do not get like do stuff that's not on GCD so that you're ready to interrupt immediately because oftentimes you're not going to hit that batch window. It might be different though without the batching. Oh, it's way different and it's way better. It's uh, you can interrupt at the end of cast and it goes off. I know exactly how that is because I play a warrior in classic as well. And you know, you're hundred percent right. If you use a GCD and the cast goes off at the same time because of that 400 MS, that one, if the cast is two seconds, a lot of times you don't get it because the GCD is one and a half seconds, right? So, yep. like with this, it was it was it was similar because the the cast is fast. There was a lot of times where I was holding it to actually do the interrupt. Uh, to touch on the point earlier that Mel had talked about, the the thing about this after we fixed our tanks getting blown up, it was all mechanics. It wasn't gear that was wiping us. People weren't kicking, right? People weren't banishing the uh, Summon Infernals, and people weren't clicking the cubes to interrupt the boss at the right time. So this was actually irrespective of gear. This is was all on the players, right? But don't you think in some aspect that gear makes up for some of the player Overgeared deficits? Overgeared, Because yes. we feel that in Classic, where if you don't have geared people... You focus on the mechanics, yeah. but when you do, you kind of outplay the mechanics and, and world buffs and stuff like that. Yeah, no, you can't. You can't yeah. do that on like there, and absolutely not. Okay, it's uh, if, if you have one per like like you said, if one person doesn't do their role, it's going to wipe the whole raid, and it is is extremely okay. mechanic dependent that fight, and it's it's very very close because, like I said, if if people don't click click on the cubes all at the same time within like a second or two. Everybody wipes, right? It's just it's just done. Wow. It just kills everybody, right? If 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 multiple shadow bolts get out, it kills everybody, right? And so it's like <laughs> people are gonna have to do exactly what they're supposed to do within two seconds, or else everybody dies. And and that's it, cool. And, and and that's good. And, and people are gonna learn that they have to do that, right? And so like I would like the team I was in there with throughout all of Classic was the number one horde guild in the world. And it took us 20 tries to do it, right? It, it, we had progression cool. in there. So we still got it. We were one of- Was that cool to you? Oh, like, yeah. Did you enjoy that? Loved it. Everybody loved it. Everybody in there, same thing. Yeah. We were on a high like, wow, this is like, it's so different. You know, I, the first time we wiped, someone's like, oh, my buffs. You know, everybody laughs. Ah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> ah, you know, and then, uh, yeah, no, it, it was great. Like 
everybody like we soaked it up and like when we saw that other team like it wasn't just us like everybody was struggling or like everybody was progressing on it mm-hmm. that that also motivated us even more because it's like yeah no it's this is an everybody thing like apes the guild that killed uh ragnaros world first you know five days after launch in classic they were the same they took 20 tries as well right so it was the kind wow. of thing where it's like there's going to be actual progression on this and I think I think it's going to be big. Now th- those guilds they may I don't know if they're going to like go on their own servers and practice 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 so they one shot it now because that's something I know that they right. do do as well. Do do there we go again. <laughs> I say that once per podcast. It's my English <laughs> is horrible, forgive me. But uh at least for how it was tuned on the on the test server, it's very tight and it's going to be tough and a lot of guilds are going to have real progression on that. Which is going to be interesting because there's only one boss there. You know, it's the carrot is going right. to be right there for you, and it's going to take guilds one night, two nights, three nights to do it until each person individually learns their role inside and out and can perform it. How much trash is there up to that boss? Not a lot. There's uh, three three packs, and you have to clear it all. It's kind it's okay. kind of annoying because. It's a it's a circle, basically, and there's packs all kind of around it. And so we tried killing only half of the circle and then fighting okay. the boss, and it pulls everything. So you have to go all the way around and kill all three packs. Uh, it's not like the Anixia Warders, but you can just like skip skip one, right? Right. It's, uh, you have to you have to end up doing doing them all. That's not too bad though, right? Yeah. If you have to progress, at least there's not like a trillion trash before you get to the boss and, and it, it does respawn after two hours which we got which was funny oh that's lovely question though in onslaught how many bosses did you wipe on the first time you were doing them throughout all of classic two i think the answer is oh two yep. you, there is two yeah on eight like on AQ progression, we wiped on Visitus, and then on next progression, we wiped four on four horse. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Salv, uh, uh, Salv Daly came on the show and told us about the whole next uh, day one. It was a really good story. If anybody hasn't seen that, you should definitely check that ep- that episode out. Was there any mention of a steering totem? Uh, there was a mention of a shaman. Yes, there was. But there was no names mentioned. Mm. Yeah, it's basically what we we figured out is that uh, the sh- the shaman used a searing totem instead of a heal, and it was that close. The tank doesn't use a cooldown, and the tank died, and then we wiped. Yeah, but how crazy is that to think that you go into TPC, and hopefully there's a little bit more of a challenge. Now, again, yes, yep. if you have to practice it on the PTR or on the you know private server and to get it down, that's one thing. Like that's a whole different level than I am at. That should count. And it, you know, you know what I mean. Like if people are putting yeah. in all those time, so like people don't see that, and they often they don't know that about these guilds. So like, I don't, I don't know. This is like I don't know if this is some sort of spoiler or whatever, or like some sort of uh, inside info. But uh, in our guild, we had our own server that we edited to be exactly like live that we would practice on. So when we went and one-shot everything, right. I mean, it looks really good. We one-shot it everything. It wasn't really one-shot. Yeah, it was one-shot with 200 practice wipes. Yeah, that's yeah, that's out now. It's been out for a while. Right. Uh, 
Salve had a uh, little tell-all segment one time after Onslaught died, but yeah, it was definitely hush hush early on. So yeah, people people don't right. really want to. But talk I think about you it. have to take that into account. Yeah, I mean, it should be because like you know, like Varg Flocken or whatever. You guys aren't practicing. You know what I mean? So like all these other guilds, they did all their practice <laughs> beforehand, right? They just they just front loaded it in a way that yeah. when they come to live, they got all their wipes out for the most part. Where you know you guys are doing it in real time in the game, and it'll be the same for like I, I'm in Eden now, which is you know a lesser, lesser serious, less hardcore guild than Onslaught, right? And like I we're gonna have troubles as well. We're gonna wipe, and it's gonna be great. I'm looking it forward is to fun. it. Is, yeah, it it feels good. I like wiping. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. That's sounded you know. bad. We're probably going to have to start wiping it up, or wiping it up, wrapping it up. <laughs> going to edit that out. We're going to start wrapping it up now. Yo. And uh, if there's anything else you want to say before we get out of here. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it was a pretty good test. It was, it was interesting that we had the three different tiers like that, where, you know, Karazhan, like I said, I felt it was too easy, but it, it, it was easy. We have, you know, we have the medium porridge with with grill, and then we have like there's some spicy porridge coming with McDaren, and you know what I mean. Like there's the, the the three different levels that I think are going to be really interesting, and a lot of people were really worried after the first day with Karazhan. Where is everything just going to be like really easy? Is it all going to be a kind of a pushover? And we hope not, because that first phase is going to be three four months, right? And if it's if it's all that easy, I think a lot of people are going to be disinterested, but. There is a little bit of hope there that some of these things are actually a little bit tough and it's going to it's going to require people to learn and kind of get into that TBC rhythm of you know attempting and learning and dying and you know no more owl my buffs and it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Saltiness. Yeah, it's going to be a little mini game trying, you know, each guild's going to have three uh, care runs, and you're going to be really trying not to be that five that five man out, you know. So it's going to be a little mini game there too. So definitely, uh, definitely learn, research, make sure you know exactly what you're doing, make sure you're prepared. One last thing, sorry, but there was somebody in chat that said that the health got nerfed from eight point three to four point six. No, that was incorrect. The uh, the eight point six was actually double what it was supposed to be. So when they when they when they say it was nerfed, it wasn't actually nerfed. It was actually a bug fix because for whatever reason it was twice as much as it's supposed to be. So once they fixed that, that was the actual pre nerf health values that it, it that it, what it's supposed to be and how it launched originally in TBC and the grow value as well was the correct value for being pre nerf. So. Throughout TBC, Girl had two HP nerfs, actually. One was 30%, and those were redacted for the testing. So, redacted, or you know what I mean. So, like, okay. so like his health was, because I, I did look it up before I went in, and I'm like, it's got to be, like, that 6 million or whatever, right, for Girl, And it was, so. So, that wasn't a bug. It was just. It was a bug. Accidental. Well, yeah, it was a bug that he was. Too high. Higher health. Yeah. They didn't nerf it. They just corrected. They just corrected it. it, yeah. So, and and honestly, like the, okay. the fight, the second part of it, like the first part is is big, and it's like that phase is actually really important. And once you kind of get into the second phase, and you and you learn that part of it, if you get all the clicking down, like it really doesn't matter how much hit points he has, like you should be able to get it right. 
Yeah. And you guys downed him with the 4.6 million, yeah. right? Only one team got okay. him with the eight, which is pretty crazy. That is nuts. No, that is nuts. All right. So we're going to edit out real quick with a. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our add-on of the week. The add-on of the week this week is going to be one we've already done, Attune. Get Attune. It is amazing. It graphically shows you everything you need to do in a nice flowchart order. It's going to make your life easier. It's going to make your guild's life easier. Post it in your guild Discord. Use it because it's going to be good. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at WC Reloaded. You can also follow the Mash Those Buttons Network at the Mash Network. Uh, we, we we want you to write into us. If you want to write in something larger than what you could put on Twitter, send your emails to WCRpodcast at gmail.com. I want that risen story, so send it. Uh, if you if you'd like to join the the Discord, interact with the host of this show or any show on the Mash Those Buttons Network. That's mash.gg/discord. If you want to catch our live shows, they're normally Friday nights, sometimes Saturday during the day, depending on you know overseas guests across the pond. But you can always follow our Twitter to know when we go live at twitch.tv/mashthosebuttons. We need your reviews, and boy, you guys killed it this last week with four. Thank you so much. Keep them coming on iTunes or on warcraftradio.com slash directory. All right. Ale, where can we find you, brother? You can find me uh, live on Twitch, Ale Gaming. I stream pretty much every day. And uh, you can often find Bob there as well, hanging out in the chat. (laughs) I do like to hang out there. Uh, what about your your your, tw- your Twitter too? Is it the same? Tw- Twitter is the same. Yep. Uh, I'm kind of new to the whole Twitter game, so if, if that's your thing, go ahead and, and hit me up. I'm pretty responsive and, and willing to chat with anybody. So, all right, and that's A Y L E Gaming. So check so check it out. Google it. You'll probably find both the Twitch and the Twitter. Mel, where can we find you? Yes, I'm going to be chatting up ale in Twitter because I don't use it either. So we're going to, you know, just <laughs> come to that together. No, you can find me on Twitter at Mel Overwatch. Are you going to change that anytime or... soon? Because you don't do any more Overwatch content. I mean, can I change yeah, it? Yeah, you'd be like, wow, Mel, oh. wow, or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, that sounds really exciting. <laughs> like, mommy, now. You know, I feel like it's a diaper commercial. I'm a big kid now. Yeah, I know, right? So, no, I didn't know I could change it. That's how much of a Twitter noob I am. And I've been on it for a while. You can follow me if you want. I really don't. I'm very active. You should follow (laughs) me. And you can find me on Twitter at Blazin underscore Bob. That's B-L-A-Z-Z-I-N underscore B-O-B. You can also find me sometimes streaming on twitch.tv slash Blazin Bob. We're out of here, guys. This was an epic episode, but it was a good-ass time. And thank you so much for coming, Ale. And thank you so much for coming, Mel. And we wish Yip a steady recovery. 
Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 